It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Vinny Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky. Oh, hold on. Hit the button and cut the intro off. Trying to be slick and messed it up. That's all right. We here. We rocking and rolling, baby. That's on me. See that? First of all, welcome to Cats Talk Wednesday. Since I done messed yeah. up, everybody appreciate everybody being here. They got it set up day by day. BS3 Network, which we are proud to be a part of. And let me go on and say, because you see it on the background, congratulations to Ben and everybody. Because our guy Ivan Dawkins is out there on Radio Row in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. So uh, cool stuff going on with the BS3 Network. Ivan's out there meeting Scott Farrell and all those you know sports talk legends out there. For, Leading up to the game, so cool stuff there, man. How you doing, TB? Doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. It's Super Bowl week. It's nitty gritty with college hoops. We saw some big stuff in the NBA and uh, a lot going on. I'm gearing up for a, a, a trip back to my old Kentucky home. My baby girl's turning fourteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, which makes me, you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm too. Young to have a fourteen-year-old, but anyway, anyway, absolutely. So I'm, so I'm doing good, doing well. Good stuff, good stuff. So what I did, look, Ben's got it set up. Looks like you can click on every every day, each show. You can click on Monday, and like the banner in the background will pop up. Tuesday, Wednesday, blah blah blah. Ours is Wednesday, and the little Cats Talk Wednesday logo will pop up in the corner, and then I can hit the background to blue. And it's got the music for our intro. So I was just going to play the intro and our recording and, and you know, the Vin's intro that y'all hear every Wednesday and then flip it back to Monday because they have, as you can see in the background, the Super Bowl, we got the Glendale, the Cardinal Stadium, got the Super Bowl logo since BS3 is at the Super Bowl. I said, I'll play our recording. And then as it's playing, I was going to flip it back to Monday. But it, it stopped the music. So that's why you heard that abrupt. You know, back in the old days, it would have been a record player stopping, but it cut the music, cut the intro. So, you know, me the trying record to, scratch. Yeah, me trying Aren't to. you wondering how I got here. I hit the wrong button and cut off the intro. I'm with you. <laughs> me trying to be slick. But we got three big time guests uh, scheduled to join us. Hopefully that works out. We uh, should have Mark Story from the Lexington Herald Leader here in a couple minutes. Um, He was there at the. Arkansas whooping last night at Rupp Arena. He also organizes the voting and the ballots for the Kentucky Sports Figure of the Year. And uh, he sent us ballots for about the past four or five years now. Lou O's been getting the vote in that thing. I dropped the ball and didn't vote this year. Uh, oh, yeah. I, was sitting, I was sitting down and I had to travel for a few. But anyway, you know, when he first asked us to do it, I was like, for real? Yeah. And, you know, you text me. You text yeah. me. Am I seeing this right? But we'll talk to him about it because uh, we we dabbled a little bit on round of shots this past weekend. Um, It's harder than you think. Yeah, it. it, uh, I don't say that to absolve baseball Hall of Famers for their tomfoolery and shenanigans, (laughs) but it really is hard. And we'll talk about that. uh, with Mark when he comes on, because uh, you got Abby Steiner mm-hmm. and you got Oscar Sheboy. 
and you throw in Sydney McLaughlin, her ties, mm-hmm. who she's got her own sports center commercial now, which is yep. hilarious. Mm-hmm. So there's it's one of those things. Oscar was the player of the year. Abby won the Bowerman. Like, I mean, that's who's who's one, who's two. Yeah, you got to do it because there's no ties. Right. And so that's what I was trying to explain to folks. Uh, I was trying to explain to Van Hiles because he's a track person. So I get it. He's wrong with Abby. There's no wrong answer. No. But it isn't just Oscar was a good basketball player. Like he was the first unanimous national player of the year on the men's basketball side. So that carried some weight with, with folks, but so many, so many uh, great sporting achievements for the past year uh, for the state of Kentucky. So I know we'll talk about that uh, with Mark as well as the, uh, where the cats go from here. Yeah. Yeah. So he's about to, he just takes back. He's about to jump on and, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, and like I said, we'll talk about with him. I don't know if maybe I don't know if I was maybe subconsciously kind of not dinged Oscar St. Peter's in the way the season ended or something like that. I don't know. And then even he said leading up to the season, you know, I've won all these individual things. I'm trying to get number nine. He was even like, I'm I'm tired of all these accolades. You know, I won everything, right? Trophies for just myself. So, I don't know, maybe that kind of played into it as well. But to keep that going, our guest is in the BS3 Network green room. And just know green I, room. I was not rushing you at all. I was just making sure I emailed you right and stuff. He's a columnist for the Herald Leader, Kentucky Sports, Kentucky.com. Been doing it for a long time. See him at all the games in Kroger Field, Chance of the Times. We've got the cover, Brup Arena. He is there. His insights are impeccable. And he even lets us vote on the Kentucky Sports Figure Year ballot. We're talking about none or the none other than Mr. Mark's story. Mark, man, welcome to the show. How you doing? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. It's always good to talk to Mr. Story. It is. It is. Got that prime spot in the press box right, right beside Tom Leach. You can just, you know, he can just look over there and, you know, Throw a spitball at Tom during the call if he wants to in Crookerfield, whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I am next to the UK radio booth at football. Uh, I'm not quite as close to them in Rob. That's <laughs> prime real estate there. Yeah, yeah. Where they got you in Rupp now? Uh, we're up, we're upstairs. It's actually I actually like it up there because you can. I mean, I guess you give up a little bit of immediacy, you know. If, you, you know, you can't really hear what's being said on the court, which, you know, it, that's nice. But you I, you can actually see what's developing better from where we are. And I actually kind of like it up there, to be honest. Did you did you see Doug flipping people off? Did you see that developing from your perch? <laughs> I did not. I, <laughs> I saw it on Twitter after the fact. But, no, I did not. I did not notice that live. Okay. Okay. I just, just wonder where you come out on it. Cause look, Terry and I were talking, BBN just loves to be polarized about stuff. And this is the latest in that line. So where are you well, at? I, I, I don't think you can do that as an usher. You, you know, I um, think probably suspending him for the rest of the year. And I guess the end till the end of next year is probably an appropriate punishment, but I, I just, I don't think you can turn your head on that. Yeah, we were 
We're kind of on the same. That's line. that's where, that's where I'm from. You you can't do that, right? Everybody was clutching the pearls when Patino did it six years ago. It was the worst thing, you know, and all this about his character. But when one of our own does it, it's not that big a deal. You you, you can't. The two things are incongruous, Benny. That's another English word for you. Incongruous. So. Right off the bat, <laughs> right off the bat, man. Yeah, we we kind of. I'm with y'all too. We we kind of came across like, and Mark, you're gonna like this. Being a Dodgers fan, we came across as San Francisco Giants fans who, oh, this guy's the worst. This guy's oh well, Barry Barry's fine. Barry is innocent. Barry didn't do anything. That's kind of how we came across. Yeah, I'm a Dodgers fan, and the Dodgers fans for years were, you know, Barry Bonds was the worst human on the planet because of his alleged PED use. But when Manny Ramirez was with the Dodgers, and he got busted, and then when he came back, there were like 30,000 Dodgers fans who went to San Diego to welcome him back. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot in sports, a lot of times the allegiance tends to trump the issue. Yeah. Yeah, we don't always keep the same energy depending on, you know, what, how it ebbs and flows. You know, you can be mad at the world at Rick Pitino, but hey, it's Doug. He's a blue coat. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks again for joining us, uh, Mr. Story. How would you, just the elephant in the room, how would you diagnose this Kentucky team with where they are in the season? what we saw last night, what we saw preceding it. There just seems to be this general malaise, but what's your kind of diagnosis with some quad one wins still on the table? Where are you kind of thinking this team might end up? Well, my fear is, is that they sort of let go of the rope last night in the second half. And, you know, I, I mean, they do still have enough opportunities to build an NCAA tournament resume, but they don't have much right now. I mean, you know, you look at one quad one win at Tennessee, and let's be honest, that looks like an anomaly more than, you know, an achievement at this point. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not super optimistic at this point. And if you follow me picking games, I have consistently picked Kentucky because I came into this year thinking this was going to be a really good team. The phrase I kept using was, I think this team has a lot of answers. But as it turns out, they don't. <laughs> and the defensively, I mean, it's one of the worst Kentucky teams I remember seeing. I mean, they so struggle just to defend kind of the basic high pick and roll. And, you know, Arkansas was burning them last night. You know, Kentucky was rotating off the weak side, and then Arkansas just had a guy – would have a guy dive to the basket, and that guy would be wide open for dunks. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not super optimistic, to be honest. Yeah, and <clears> – <throat> But your uh, your column today, uh, you tweeted out, you know, um, but no D, <laughs> the must bust on February, Cal's halftime talk, no D in UK, Oscar struggles, and like we just talked about, the shaky tournament hopes. Um, you you go into a season constructing a roster, and and you you I'm sure you try to account for everything to cover all your bases. You know, there's going to be flaws. Don't know what they're going to be and how they're going to present themselves. But you got to imagine that the staff could not have imagined this in preparation for this upcoming season. Yeah. And, you know, Oscar is one of my favorite UK athletes of recent time. I just, you know, last year he just played with such 
I don't know, passion and such joy. It was just kind of an up, he was kind of an uplifting player to watch. And this year, I think maybe we underestimated the impact of the, the, the knee procedure that he had before the year, which, you know, costing, you know, three, four weeks of, you know, preseason preparation. You know, I don't think, you know, he, his game has never been built on, you know, explosive lift, but I don't think he has as much lift this year as he had last year. You know, I don't think he runs quite as fast. You know, I thought a lot – he did a lot of his damage last year, you know, beating opposing big men down the court. And, yeah. and while he's, you know, leading the nation in rebounding, you know, it just doesn't seem to me like he rebounds – you know, last year he was rebounding out of his area. I mean, he, he went after every ball. And I don't – I mean, you know, it's hard to criticize a guy who's leading the country in rebounding, but it doesn't feel like to me he does that as much. And, you know, I – Again, he's one of my favorite UK athletes of recent time. I would really like to see him get it together and play well down the stretch, just kind of to remind people, you know, just, you know, you know how, how they, you know, what, you know, just sort of to remind people how terrific he was last year, if nothing else. And I, Vinny and I have talked about this before. I don't want Oscar to, to leave and his legacy be no NCAA tournament wins. That to me would be, just a crushing kind of asterisk because I've already seen it and I've seen you kind of tweet at people about this. We're now kind of retconning what we saw last year. And I saw you respond to someone said, you know, maybe Bob Huggins was right. Yeah. And Martin we Brown all saw Brown what happened Brown. last year. Like you can't yeah. take that away. Right. And and I've seen too much of that. Like we got to let Oscar go. And as you point out, he's still leading the country in rebounding. So it's not a complete lost cause on what's going on, but I, I'm with yeah. you. I'm as optimistic as most people, but you know, time, time's drawn, time's drawn short right now to to get some wins without a deep uh, SEC tournament run. Yeah, and you know that's a good point about Oscar and NCAA tournament wins. Now he played really well in that St. Peter's game. I don't, you can't really pin that on him, but yeah, I mean that that does sort of get to his legacy as a UK player. And, you know, I think at some point, you know, retired jerseys are sort of back at the, the four with the Mike Pratt jersey retirement. At some point, having been the consensus national player of the year, you know, Oscar will be somebody being considered for that. And, yeah, it would be it would be better for his legacy to, you know, at least have a sweet 16 run on the old resume. Mm-hmm. And we see this a lot, you know, Especially, you know, being baseball fans, you you see a guy get caught up and he's hitting 400 the first month and a half, and then oh oh he can't hit a breaking ball. So the next month, that's all he gets, and so he either has to adjust or his average he'll be back down to 220 and and things level out. Everybody's got 30 plus games of Oscar last year. You know, all these coaches were dissecting every little thing, what any little weakness we can find. To, since he's coming back and, you know, the pick and roll and trouble with length and, and all these things now and the blueprint, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery. So you now everybody else is getting them in pick and rolls. And so now can he adjust to their adjustment? And, and you you mentioned through the knee procedure. Cal said it, and we all, we roll our eyes at Cal a lot of times, but he said over the summer, we got to be patient, and he kind of tried to temper expectations and slow down, and everybody, ah, whatever, that's just Cal giving us his spiel. 
But the more this season plays out, you know, he he kind of tried to forewarn us of, of some of these things that we're seeing. Yeah, expectations were just so high. And I think a lot of that was fueled by the Bahamas trip. And, you know, other than the last team they played there, I don't know that anybody else they played could have beaten Sarah High School. I mean, the competition there was just so bad. And I don't know that we factored that in enough. You know, the pick and roll issue is kind of confounding. You know, I think a lot of coaches, if they their team was having this much trouble defending, you know, just basic high pick and roll, would go to zone, play more zone. This coach, you know, just philosophically does not believe in that. I mean, you know, they dabbled a little bit and they showed Arkansas a 2-3 early last night, but it wasn't something they st- they stuck with. And, you know, he just, you know, Calipari just doesn't believe in playing zone. But you know, that to me would be the most obvious, you know, answer in this particular case when you've had so much trouble playing man-to-man against, you know, just the basic high pick and roll. And so – to kind of follow all this up, kind of where are you on the Cal? I hate this word because we live in this ESPN, this his legacy. Like, you know, he had the – he burned hot, but now it's kind of cooled off a little bit. Kind of where are you on, you know, let's say they don't make the tournament this year and, and next year's got even more kind of weight to it. Kind of where are you on how does Cal – get what no other coaches had and that happy kind of ride off into the sunset uh, here in Lexington? That's a good question. I mean, obviously the the second part of the tenure has not been anywhere close to the level of the first part. And, you know, if this season doesn't, you know, end in a, on a happier note, you know, the pressure next year, assuming everything stays as is, you know, they're going to be under a lot of pressure and, you know, Obviously, the incoming freshman class is you know, very lavishly touted. And, you know, you go back to, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, felt like Kentucky needed to get more experienced. You look at the teams that have been winning national championships. They've been much older than, you know, many of Kentucky's teams. But let's be honest, the last two years, Kentucky's been really experienced, had a lot of older players. And, you know, you lost to a 15 seed and now you're on the bubble. So, you know, maybe they're better off going back to the one and done model. But the one thing that worries me about this is you know, I'm not a recruiting guru, but most of the recruiting guys say this incoming freshman class is not a strong class. So even though Kentucky has, you know, what, four of the top 10 and five of arguably the top 30 or 35, you know, you're asking, you know, these guys to go up against older teams and, and not all freshman classes are created equal. So you know, that that worries me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a little thing that kind of predated Terry and I, I just got to ask you, uh, the 40th anniversary of the Dirk Minifield dunk at Rupp Arena. Were you in the house? Were you listening to K-Wood? Were you watching on TV? What? Yeah, I was, um, I was, I guess I was in college, but I wasn't at that game. I I remember it. And I, I think I actually was listening on the radio now that I think about it, because I actually think I remember the call. But, uh, yeah, I didn't – I don't know that – I did. I, I, obviously, you have to see that dunk to fully appreciate it. Yeah. You know, it Arguably to this day, you know, maybe the Willie Colley-Stein dunk at Florida rivals it. But, you know, that dirt dunk is arguably still the most kind of most spectacular 
Kentucky dunk, and you know that that was a long time ago. Yeah, and Dick Vitale was was kind of understated when you when you play it. I mean, it wasn't you know he. He got excited, but it wasn't maybe the 90s Dickie V that you and I grew up with, TV. Before he became a caricature of what he <laughs> what he what he did. Uh to transition to something else that you do, Mr. Story here, the uh Kentucky Sports Person of the Year. Uh that I think is great. And and like I was telling Vinny before you came on, it it makes you appreciate what the Hall of Fame voters have to do every year or the MVP voters have to do every year because it's not easy. You no, know, you, not, you, you, you always get like eight people that legitimately can be number one, but there's no ties. I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, no, no. You, you know, we The last two years we've sent out three eight by 11 pages with super small type of possible nominees. And it's hard to cut to that. I mean, if I showed you the list of people that we cut from our big list, it's fairly impressive. And, you know, there's some pretty meaningful accomplishments that don't even make what we send out. And, yeah, it's, it, it is, it's kind of an amazing, I don't know, tribute is probably not the right word, but kind of an amazing example of the level of sports achievement that our relatively small state produces each year. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it is, it's, it's hard to cut. Making the big list is an accomplishment in itself. Yeah, it is. And making surviving the big list to make it onto the list that goes out is 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 competition for that is high. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really isn't a uh, an abundance of riches when you look at our state not being as populous as some others, but when you start looking not just kind of year in, year out, but historically Kentucky's got a pretty solid roster of athletes when you start looking at, uh, you know, the Louisville lip, Vinny, you know, Muhammad Ali to you folks. We call him Louisville. (laughs) 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 I had to slide that in. Yeah, the, um, you know, the, um, I think a big part of that, I think it's gotten better. I think a big part of it is UK and UofL have both built you know, high level comprehensive athletic departments. You know, I ran this for the first time back in the nineties and it was, you know, it was competitive then, but I don't think the depth of athletic achievement then is where it is now. And I think a big part of that is Kentucky and Louisville are really, really good at a whole lot of different things. And, and, you know, the, just the depth of achievement in our state at the college level and let's be honest, you know, college athletics pretty much drives the, the, con- the sports conversation in our state most of the time. But the depth of achievement at the college level now is pretty amazing. Yeah, because when we were in school, Vinny, you know, we've talked about, especially at UK, it was kind of men's basketball. And even the football team was, you know, begging crumbs to some extent. But now you've got NFL draft picks, Olympians. I mean, you name it. Uh, and I guess we can give Louisville a little bit of credit too. They've, they've done pretty good for themselves mm-hmm. outside of all the bad stuff, Heisman trophies and things like that. So it, to me, it's kind of been like the rising tide has lifted all boats. Once the two flagship universities decided they're all in on softball and baseball and track and everything like that, then now, you know, Western and Eastern 
have stepped up their games. And even, you know, some of the smaller schools, Northern Kentucky is making noise on different levels. So as a Kentuckian, you have to be proud just so long as the Wildcats are at the top. And this year's voting, <laughs> and this year's voting the Wildcats were at the top. It was the first time that you had three UK athletes who were active in the voting year who finished one, two, three. And that was Oscar, Oscar Shibway finished first. The track star Abby Steiner finished second and a relatively close second. And Ryan Howard, the women's basketball star, um, finished third. And this award goes back to 1981. And it's the first time UK, three UK athletes finished one, two, three. And, and it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue with everything. If anything, I think Ryan Howard and Vinny and I have talked about this before. She may be the most overlooked great athlete to come through uh, Kentucky in a long, long time because, uh, Mark, we talked to uh, Maggie Hendricks that covers the WNBA for Bally Sports, and they're they're raving about Ryan, and it's like, I feel bad because maybe I didn't watch her enough when she was in blue and white. Yeah, you know, I would have bet the house that when Ryan came here that she was going to win the sports figure of the year. And she finished second once and third once and was in the top 10 a third time. I think a little more, you know, the one thing she didn't have in her career was a really deep NCAA tournament run. I think had they produced that, that might have propelled her, you know, maybe to the top of the sports figure voting. You know, they had the incredible run at the end of last year where they won their last 10 games and you know, then, you know, won four games in the SEC tournament and beat you know, the lady beat Kim Mulkey, beat the Lady Vols, and then beat, you know, Don Staley and the eventual national champions. I mean, that was pretty amazing. But, you know, then they they, they weren't able to back that up in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the one thing that, you know, that just didn't happen while Ryan was here. And I think that would have, at least in the context of the sports figure voting, would have really helped her. And I go into it, uh, I kind of – I'm like you, Terry. I'm glad to see Kentucky on top. But I go into it, and I just try to remove it all. I just try to look at the whole state, Kentucky, Louisville, Eastern, Western, Northern, Murray, Moorhead, whoever, high school kids. I just try to wipe the slate clean as I'm going through it. And I still ended up with Abby, Sydney, and Oscar this year in my top three. But even if you look at, uh, say, like Gabriella Leon from Louisville, who had an amazing track year, but then you look at what Abby and Sydney are doing, and you know she still is down a few notches. I put her in my top ten, but I just go through and kind of read, and some paragraphs are bigger than others, and some are more impressive than others. And hers jumped out, but you know it's, and I'm trying to wipe the slate clean, but she's still, I mean, she didn't win the Bowerman. She didn't do what Sydney did. Right. <laughs> it's not a knock on her. It's just a testament to what Sydney and Abby did. Yeah. You know, Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni, I believe is the, how she pronounced or how her married name is pronounced. The thing that hurts her in this is, you know, one, a one and done UK athlete here, eight months, you know, a pro athlete that didn't grow up in Kentucky has never won the Sports Figure of the Year award. Lamar Jackson came close, you know, in 2019. Tayshawn Prince came close in 2004, I believe. Um, but it's just, you know, usually the winner of this will be somebody competing or working inside Kentucky 
or somebody who grew up in Kentucky. And that's sort of what Sydney's up against. You know, Abby, you know, I, you know, I do vote and I've, I, I had Abby number one on my ballot, you know, as brilliant a year as Oscar Shibway had, you know, winning all those national player of the year awards, I felt like Abby sort of, you know, matched that by winning the Bowerman, which, you know, is sort of the, uh, the track and field version of the Heisman trophy. And then you look, you know, she went on and competed, you know, won the national championship, you know, competing in the U S you know, you know, the U S championship, and then, you know, went to the world championships. And while she finished fifth and the 200 meters, she won two gold medals, on relay teams. And, and you also look, you know, she was the SEC scholar athlete of the year in both women's indoor and outdoor track and field. And so, you know, that, that was, you know, when I let, when I looked at her credentials in comparison, even with athletes so accomplished as Ryan and Oscar, I thought Abby had had the best year. I did too. I remember Terry, we talked about it. Uh, I think we're Ryan Black, who's with the with the hurl leader now. Just and I thought I think Abby's gonna win it. And when I was going through reading, I was like, "There's your winner." <laughs> I just kind of said it to myself. Oh, I already have my number one. Now let me, let me adjust. And you gotta work back. Here's, here's the one gonna right. go. But so I was kind of surprised when you tweeted out that Oscar did win. And and like I was telling Terry, I don't know. Maybe I, I might have subconsciously knocked Oscar for St. Peter's even though he won everything under the sun individually. And then even going into this season, he even was kind of like, you know, it's great. I want all this stuff. I want to win number nine. So he's even kind of over <coughs> all the individual stuff himself. And maybe that kind of played a role in me not voting for him either. But I I, I did have Abby uh, number one. But uh, I did too. You know, she ran really strong among Lexington media. In fact, she was leading that vote until the very last day, the final two ballots put Oscar ahead of her among just Lexington media. And Abby did well in Eastern Kentucky. She ran a pretty close second, but Oscar sort of smoked her among the Louisville media and in Western Kentucky. And, you know, obviously I'm just speculating. My theory on that is I don't think the Olympic athletes are as well known across all parts of the state as the football and men's basketball players tend to be. And, you know, that, that, that's an obstacle that, you know, a voting obstacle they, they, they sort of run up, run up against at times. So there's the, they still do the banquet or the dinner for it too, for the winner or? No, we're not. We, the, the Bluegrass Sports Commission had an annual dinner and we were presenting the Sports Year of the Year award at that for several years. They've not had that dinner the last couple of years. So we're, we're sort of on our own. You know, I, I'm not sure what we're going to do in terms of presenting this year's winner, the award to this year's winner. Well, we're always honored to get that email from you every year. And and still, we talked about still just kind of like, he really, he really includes us. He really lets us vote, you know, it's still. My, my wife was shocked when I told her, she's like, you vote? I'm like, come on now. I'm, 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 I'm thrilled. I want, I think it's a better award, the higher level of, media participation you get. So I want, I want everybody, I want everybody that is eligible, you know, has any capacity to the Kentucky sports media. I want them to vote. So and, I, I'm grateful to you guys for, uh, for participating. And, and even though we are not in Kentucky, I, I, I speaking for Vinny here, we try to do a pretty good job of keeping up with, uh, I know keeping up with my home state and, and, and everything. So I, I enjoy it. Yeah, same here, same here. 
Um, just before we let you go, Kentucky's road is precarious, and the margin of error was thin before last night. Still got a trip to Fayetteville, and we saw what happened in Lexington. How do you, you know, we we saw them, we saw South Carolina, and, and they turned the corner and kind of right the ship. We've all talked about how they don't have much time left. Do we do we get things righted for one last run, or have the has the rope been let go of for good? Well, that that yeah, that worries me a little bit because you know I thought the first half was the best half of basketball that I'd watched live this year. I thought it was a really fun, entertaining half. I thought both teams were really getting after each other. I, I just thought it was a really good half of basketball. So I was you know, probably like John Calipari. I was pretty stunned at the way can, Kentucky just seemed to come out flat at the start of that second half. You had, you know, Arkansas, you know, one of the Mitchell twins hits a 15 foot jumper then, you know, they have back-to-back steals for dunks, and all of a sudden Kentucky's down seven and basically played uphill the whole rest of the game. You know, you know, going forward, you know, obviously they've got to win this Georgia game. You know, they're at a point they can't take any bad losses. And you know, then you know, Mississippi State and Starkville, that that's a tough out. That's a game they really need to win. And that would be a quad one win because it's a road game if you could get it. You know, then Tennessee will be out for revenge. You know, if obviously if they could beat them again, that would be a humongous achievement and would sort of you know, back up the first win over Tennessee. You know, then you've still got, you know, you've got opportunities, you know, a road game at Florida, that's a quad one game on the road or it would be a quad one win. Auburn is sort of on the, you need them in the top 30 in rough for that to be a quad one win, but that would be a, either a quad one opportunity or a, a high level quad two. You know, Vanderbilt at home is, you know, a game that, you know, you've got to win. I mean, there's just no choice on that. And then you've got, you know, another shot at Arkansas. So there's still, you know, there's still opportunities there. But, you know, it's just, you know, off what we saw last night in the second half and just the reality that they're one in seven in quad one games, you know, it's hard to generate a lot of, uh, a lot of confidence, I guess, would yeah. be the way to put that. Because they're not stopping anybody. That, no, that's really. that's that's the thing. The offense, you know, we we focused on that and play this lineup. And I, I'm just ready for the next season because I'm tired of debating what the lineup is. My little rant about the numbers, Vinny. I'll keep it short. I think analytics serves a purpose, but at some point you got to just play the games. At some point, your coach, your manager, just has to have a gut feeling, and. I don't want the numbers to take that away. Like baseball from when we grew up watching it, there's nobody stealing the base anymore. You know, it's not played the same kind of way like it used to be. Every team is playing the same. I'm not going to go on my 20-minute rant, Mr. Story, keep it short. But, yeah, they got to win. I mean, that's the bottom. Like I don't care what they have to do, who they have to play. They just got to win these games. You know, for all the focus there's been on – Kentucky's offensive approach. I thought last year what did them in was kind of a defensive collapse late in the season that carried over into the tournament. And I don't think they've fixed any of those problems. And in terms of defending the high pick and roll, it's been worse this year. To me, you know, if you look at the early, the really successful part of the Calipari era and compare the offensive numbers to what they've been the last couple of years, there's not that much difference. The slippage has been on the defensive end. 
and and we've talked about it before, that has been Cal's hallmark to get these highly mm-hmm. recruited freshmen playing tough defense from day one. Mm-hmm. And even guys yeah. like Tyler Hero that weren't necessarily great individual defenders, ter- turning them into very serviceable team defenders for your team defense. And, yeah, you're right on the money. That's what has been just lacking. Just, yeah. Just like a shot blocking, and then it's 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 contagious. It's kind of eating away at the perimeter, and and then it's just a a whole thing where nothing's really that good or solid like it should be. Last thing, you've been a long time member of the media. Um, lots kind of been made of maybe Cal not talking as much in the press conference, the shorter press conferences. Not as much sound bites, and then you know, Chen comes in, or you bring an assistant in. Now, we mentioned Patino earlier. I remember he we roasted him one time, they lost at Providence, and he didn't even show up and do a presser. Where are you at as someone who's in the media, covers every game, goes to all the pressers? Are you like, man, he you know, this is part of your contract, you kind of need to be out here talking and facing the music and taking your medicine, or are you kind of where, where you come out? Well, there's there's two separate issues. He's the, the news conferences, you know, are just that's still even in our modern communication world. That's still primarily how you disseminate information to your fans. But there are also then the paid appearances, which are on the the UK network, the JMI stuff. So there's two issues there. You know, I don't mind that he that they have different people do the pregame. I think it's good to hear different voices. I do think the head coach should do it before the big games. I think he should have been there before Tennessee. You know, they probably should have been there before, you know, the Arkansas game. I think the head coach ought to do those before the big games. You know, the the stuff about, you know, coming out and only doing one segment on the post-game coaches show and, you know, even on his call-in show, I think he stayed able out of this week, but he's been leaving kind of early on that too. And if, if I was JMI, paying most of his salary, I wouldn't be real happy about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's and again, you know, we <laughs> we, we get mad or poke fun at somebody else, and then when the when the ball's in our court, you know, we just going back to what we talked about sooner uh, earlier. But <clears throat> Mark, man, we we thank you so much for yes, sir, taking time out of your Wednesday evening because. You've got games these next three Wednesday evenings, which is a little bit odd, even at four o'clock the Auburn game, which is a weird start time. But appreciate you taking time to hop on here with us. Thank you as always for letting us vote for the Kentucky Sports Figure of the Year, and appreciate all that you do, all your content and football, basketball, everything you do for the Herald Leader. We definitely appreciate you, sir. Guys, I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate your support for the Kentucky Sports Figure of the Year award. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it, sir. Mark's story from the Herald Leader coming through, dropping knowledge. You know, all kind of topics, man. We got the sports figure, yeah. Arkansas. We got the Falcon Cal. Cows yeah, kind of bailing out on stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, Cows got to be better. You know, that's, that's what leadership is all about. Yep. It's easy when things are going good. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you gotta you, you gotta sit up there and take your medicine. Yeah, yeah. And I've you maybe I'm petty. I've YouTube. You know when other coaches lose, you know I'll, I'll pop up their press. Let me see what 
Nate Oates is saying after this. Let me see what Bruce Pearl said after this law. Let me, you know, so you know, he got to you in that chair. You gotta <laughs> Yeah, you you you're in the big chair. You're the you're the leader of men, as we have labeled coaches and leader of young women. You gotta you gotta take it. And it's not easy. Mm-mm. You know, he's gotta be as frustrated as anybody, but by the same token, you know, you 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 gotta you gotta take your medicine. Explain why what why is this happening? Tell the because you know. Tell the fans that want to know what's what's going on, or if you got a coach, say this, or we didn't. Why, why is Damian Collins didn't he play in the second half? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm rooting for that young man so hard. He look that that charge he got. He was trying to send that uh, Arkansas kid to the to the next world. Now I'm here for it. I'm and I I thought he hit that jumper for the half at the halftime buzzer. I'm thinking that is momentum. He is active. It's obvious he brings an element to the game that Oscar doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you can play them together, but Above I, I the think, rim element, the shot block, right? Just and that's what we've been missing for the last few. Just throw it up. Mm-hmm. That has been the offense since uh, Cousins. You know that year. Uh, even I would say a little bit with Terrence Jones and Jorts in 2011. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, 2012, I'm not. <laughs> uh, some of the offense in 2013. Yeah. Was Nerlens go get it, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've ha- we've missed that. And I think that's an element that alle- would alleviate some of the offensive problems that we did have. Because we've been efficient here lately, but it's a real struggle to get points. Mm-hmm. And that's what's missing is last year, like uh, Mark was talking about, just Oscar running hard was good for six to eight points a game. It really was. And he, he was just fly. beating everybody down. Fly. I mean, right? burning it up, man. I mean, he would rebound, kick it, and then still beat the opposing big man down. Yeah, he sure would. And, and so I think – if we had to look at what's really different in Oscar's game between last year and this year, it's, it's that it's, it's, it's not beating his man down the court. Cause either he's going to get an easy shot or he's going to be in good position, right? He's going to beat, beat the man to the spot. And so it's an easy, you know, pass, you know, so now he's really having to work for his offense. Mm-hmm. That that is the difference, and he's still raw offensively. Uh, you know, as as far as an array of moves or polished moves, uh, if if that you White Howard School of yeah yeah, and sometimes he doesn't play the angles. He'll you know try to bank it in. He'll throw it up over the glass, and it'll bank to the it'll be complete miss it bad. And the if Russell, my, Russell book, we call that. If my if my dad was here to watch Oscar, he that was his thing. You know, you got to work with these big men about the glass. He, you know, he really liked how Kenny Payne used to do that. Got to get these big men working. He would be losing his mind that some of these terrible one-footers that have been missed, you know, just because of bad angles. And, uh, with the and, big men. So, and, and, and for me, look, uh, I'm going to keep picking Kentucky to win because they do have the talent to win. 
Mm, yeah. I think last night, not having Wheeler at there, out there hurt. Because uh, if nothing else, Wallace, as great as he played, cannot play 40 minutes. Right. You know, we saw this last year where, uh, well, with injuries, but, you know, uh, Kellen Grady didn't need to play. He, he had eight straight games of like 38 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. That's not a recipe for anything. Yeah. Just wearing somebody out. That's so it. if nothing else, take the ball. Cause as soon as Wallace went out, he had to come back in because uh, <laughs> the backcourt of CJ and Toppin <laughs> Playing hot potato at the you know twenty feet from the basket or you know forty feet from the basket, not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work. And uh, you know, I still think we have the pieces. And as we uh, talked with Mark about, you know, there's still opportunities, but um, they're they're getting <laughs> they're they're dwindling. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know the the only comforting thing is. Duke and Carolina are also terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's the that's the comforting thing. Uh, but I I hope, as we've talked before, I hope for a lot of reasons that we make the tournament, get a win or two, at least for Oscar's sake. Yeah. Yeah. That would... Because people going back and and pretending he was not good last year, come on. Right. Yeah. Like you can say this year and, and this year is not a total waste because he is leading the country in rebounds. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to say he's limited, but we knew that last year. Right. Right. You know, we don't know how hurt he is with the, the knee situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just wish we were fair with Oscar because it, it, it's like he took a villain turn. He went from the hero to the villain. And I see people being really way negative about it. You know, he's trying to get the NIL. He's trying to get the NIL to get his mom and his family out of the huts back home. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like, I'm going to cut that dude some slack. I am, right? Uh, but you can't just say, well, you know, Huggins was right. No, Huggins was not right. And, and Mark was like, I, I, I saw that tweet earlier. He had this morning. I said, no, Mark man. Berger. It was Mark Berger. And- like, like, Huggins was right. Are you? Okay. And he's, and, and the thing is, we can say Oscar's limited. He's got to do X, Y, and Z. He has still had moments this year. He yeah. still had that stat line that we hadn't seen in 50 years. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say these things. And, and people, you and I talk about it all the time. Nuance is lost. You know, we we live in a, in a very polarizing world when it comes to sports. You got to have a, a hot take. Either mm-hmm. you're the greatest ever or you're trash. And most of us fall on that spectrum. Yeah. You know, we, we, we see yeah. that so much. Uh, you know, like your man Skip Bayless and and, and uh, Shannon Sharp. You can say Tom Brady is your goat, but you can't say Shannon Sharp wasn't any good. Right. Yeah. You make the Hall of Fame. You are good at your job. Shannon got three rings, but he wasn't any. And good. he's in the Hall of Fame. And he's 
what he he broke some of Ozzy Newsom's record. I mean, he's he was, you know, what Tony Gonzalez and Gronk and all those guys just had to pass him to become who they are. And you know, Kelsey right. and all these guys, they had to they had to pass Sharp because right. he when he when he was so retiring on the way out, he was like the preeminent tight end in the game. Right. So the, there's this there's the continuum, and you can say. Is this that guy the great? You you don't have to do that. Uh, he is fight. He was fighting with your people from Memphis, though. I don't know what that was. We didn't talk about all that with him and T. Morant, and and whatever that was. That was. I don't. I'm gonna tell you something though. Your, your Memphis people is is he, he, no, 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 no. Your, your cousin's name down there. Sharp. He fought with Memphis in Los Angeles. <laughs> Notice he was not at the FedEx Forum. <laughs> Because his mama B will tell you way back when, when Memphis was playing at the Mid-South Coliseum, it was, if we don't beat you on the court, we will beat you off of it. Mm. <laughs> so that is my word of advice. I, and Shannon Sharp looks like he's about that business, right? Yep. You, 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 you know his history and, and, and how he grew up. He about it, about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you something. Nine on one is different. I can't speak to a lot of places, <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you, nine on one is different. Mm. Uh, did you did you hear last week uh, Dominic Foxworth and Bomani Jones talking about that? You know, Florida has some dudes. Louisiana's got some dudes that you know they bout that right. Mm -hmm. You know, because it was that you know your list of people. You like, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I'm not gonna fight you. Yeah. And then as they're talking, Bomani was also like Memphis too. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, <laughs> when you got people that fight just to have something to do, mm -hmm. like not to achieve a goal, I'm not messing with those people. Yeah. If you've got people, and, and I think people need to understand some of these dudes that grow up, particularly in the South, I'm going to speak to it. There's poor, and then there's poor in the South. Poe. There's Poe. Poe. Right? There's, there's, you know, whatever town you live in, there's a poor section. There's poor people. Mm -hmm. But in the South, it's different because they've been like that for generations. Mm -hmm. Now, I know I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but if you have to fight your sibling, Every single day to see who gets the extra pork chop, that's different. Mm -hmm. If you and your friends are sitting around because there's no store to go to, there's you know you ain't got no TV, and you decide to start fist fighting, mm -hmm. that's different. They just Kimbo slicing one another just to just, time. Look, I've heard stories of how my father grew up, and buddy, he used to fight. Everybody. It's just different. Mm -hmm. You have to understand where people come from. Yo. Let me tell you a little quick story about my dad. He never told me this. My uncle told me this. Mm -hmm. We were at a family reunion, and my uncle said something about, like, the Jefferson family. And everybody, my, my dad's siblings, all kind of, I said, well, what is that about? My uncle said, oh, you know, your dad used to go on Sundays, and he used to go get chicken from the Jefferson family. I said, why, why would that be a thing? My dad used to fight all the time. 
He fought every all the brothers and cousins in his family, fought the old man of the family. And to prove his point, my dad went every Sunday and got a piece of chicken off these people's table. <laughs> what? Like, what are you talking about? My dad used to fight all the time. And then he just went and took the Jefferson's chicken. Just, to... just took the chicken <laughs> and talk, like, yeah. My every time I hear a story about my dad, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I, yeah. So my dad used to fight because he had to. He what? had to fight. What did Jefferson do about it? They just let him take nothing because he whooped everybody. What are they gonna do? He he the man of that house. That's my dad. He's like, I'm the man. I done whooped everybody. It's mine. Oh. My dad learned to fight because my uncle, not my uncle, my grandfather worked at a factory downtown Louisville, and my uh, uh, grandparents lived seven blocks from the factory. Keep my grandfather would get paid on Friday. My dad would go get the cash. And every cent had to be back to my grandmother. So my dad learned how to fight. And he fought everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm still getting stories of my dad fighting people. <laughs> it's in Smoketown, right? Oh, it's in Smoketown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, yeah. In the old heads, like, hey, Pooh Brown of Smoketown, he was about it. And then my brothers, they came up. And so... Look, I don't fight. I've had a couple. I don't fight. I know, hey, it's getting to that point. I'm going to back up because I can't fight, right? Like, if you ain't got the hands, don't do it. That's me. I don't fight. And so for a while, I guess my, my, my brothers and my dad would be like, you know, that I was soft. And my mom was like, look where you all grew up. Look where he grew up. You know, by the time I'm born, my dad's a sergeant. By the time I, my memory is here, he's a lieutenant. I mean, he was a assistant chief when I was six years old, first grade. So I don't, I don't, I ain't about that struggle life. Like I, that ain't, that ain't what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, so where am I going to learn how to, if I'm fighting, that's a sign of something wrong with me. If I'm fighting, you know, in the suburbs, but my dad had to fight. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you look. This is, I know I'm painting with a broad brush, but when you with some dudes, you got your dudes, you got, you can tell the people that are about it, about it. There's something about them. If you draw them back and forth and they do something, you're like, okay, all right. I see where this is going. You are about it. I am not. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to end this right now. Mm -hmm. Is it being a punk? No, it's like saying, this ain't my bag. This is not what I'm going to do. I am not going to fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What I look like trying to fight. <laughs> yeah, taking. I'm too pretty. I told my dad I'm too pretty to fight. <laughs> people don't fight. <laughs> Papa B, boy. Oh man, he, running he, things, boy. He, he fought people in the Navy. <laughs> oh man, like <laughs> this is how bad. And I'm gonna leave this here. My grandmother used to tell my siblings. If somebody picked on him, don't tell your brother. Don't tell my dad. Don't tell your brother. Because if somebody would pick on one of my uh, 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 aunts and uncles, he was coming through. Mm. He was coming through. That's how the Jeffersons found out the hard way. <laughs> when Pooh Bear come through, <laughs> I'm, I'm fighting everybody. So, yeah. Uh, I asked my dad, I said, did you ever lose a fight? He said, 
I avenged every every loss I had. I avenged it. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> there you go. There anyway, go. but yeah, uh, I just want to point that out saying you see where Shannon Sharp did not fight. That's true. That's a, that's and point. you see who he did not yell at on the Grizzlies. Let me tell you something. Steven Adams. <laughs> now, I ain't saying that Shannon Sharp is a punk. I'm just saying you do the math on that. You may beat Steven Adams, but boy, that's that seems like it's going to be costly to you. Yeah, he. Because you see that video where he just picked up the one dude? Look. <laughs> I don't even know how you come back with another man pick you up like a little kid and carry you off to the sideline. <laughs> I, that's what Trent Williams did against the Eagles. Oh, he, he got mad and just picked up that dude and threw him. <laughs> so I did. Like, yeah, yeah, man, you got to go find a new line of work. Yeah, Steve from New Zealand. You don't know what it's like over there, man. And that's right beside Australia. And you, you know, you know they tough over there. I mean, all that, all hey. that stuff in Australia that will kill you. And they over there just living with. Ask about those Morris twins. <laughs> Mess around with Jokic. <laughs> Do a cheap shot at Jokic. Jokic laughed it off. Jokic got his shot in. Gave that Morris twin whiplash. I ain't never seen that on NBA Report. That's what you get from getting in a car accident. Mm. Gave that man whiplash because he hit him with a forearm shiver. Are you kidding me? Look, we used to them soft Europeans. Now we're getting Europeans from places that have been fighting in wars. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and bout it, bout it. Yeah, like where, where Vlade came from, whatever Bosnia and Ukraine. It don't even exist. Where Vlade, like I don't. Yeah, I yeah. shouldn't laugh. That's not fun. But I don't. I, Yugoslavia, I don't think exists anymore. I don't. I don't mm. know. We are talking about geopolitics, but my point yeah. is, there are some dudes that are about it, about it. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's just some people I wouldn't fight. Yep. Sure. Well, let me let me scratch that. I ain't fighting no more. If you're 45 year old, years old and still fighting and you're not a former champ, something wrong with you. <laughs> if you ain't trying to do a, a, your fourth or fifth comeback, why are you fighting at 45? Yeah. If I'm fighting, Vinny, at this stage, a lot of things have had to go wrong in my life. Damn if I text you and I'm like, man, I was in a fight, then you should just know something like <laughs> something It'll, like something happened, right? You down bad, boy. Right. Like, TV was fighting who? Fighting with a you on your PlayStation? What are you fighting? <laughs> you didn't fight nobody. Oh, shoot. waiting for see if Coach Jones hops on here. I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But uh, well, link. Uh, well, first of all, congratulations to even if he don't hop on the Black Bears beat Harlan last night and. It was Coach Cal who was on here last week. They played each other twice. Played at Harlan last Thursday, and Harlan County won. Played last night at Harlan County. I went up there and, and caught it, and Harlan County beat him again. Started off on fire. I mean, on fire. They ended up winning 81-73, but it was like 26-8 to eight after the first quarter because everything they was throwing up was going in. Uh, Trent Noah had initially decided to transfer to North Laurel, play Reed Shepard and them, decided he's going to stay. Because I, I turned on TV last summer, and it was on ESPN. It was Reed Shepard and, 
and Trent Noah. And I'm like, oh, he done transferred. He decided to come back, and uh, he had 30 and 12 last night. And it was so it was a, it was a good game. The whole county was out. It was fun to get back. Popped up home to see mom and get a plate like you do when you go to Louisville. You know, mom made. Got I've already put in some orders for when I go back. Got me uh, some dinner. Got me some dinner last night. Me and the boys popped up there and then went down for the game and then popped back. So it was a little whirlwind, but it was fun. Uh, and Coach Cal was on last week. He told us, he said, you will see me sit for 80% of the game. And I was watching him. He sat for most of the game. Now, they, they weren't shooting well, wasn't going well, but – all this jumping up and fussing and yelling and and screaming and he he told us he didn't do that and he I was checking him out I was peeping him out he was calm and cool and they was getting beat now it wasn't going well but he still didn't lose his mind he did exactly what he told us he, he ain't over coaching no more we did our preparation it's on them to execute and he was hey he was chill he was chill the whole game one of his assistants every now and then would get up and yell out some you know encouragement yeah. some instruction coach cow was on that chair like he told us last week that's that phil jackson like hey you you got yourself down by 10 you figure it out yeah that's how he did man he yeah. was he wasn't random raven and we know it's not gonna change but maybe cow be served to do that we i mean he was he was he was off he the was chain wrong. last night. Yeah. We know he's not going to change. We know. Oh, no, no, you are who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So. But you, so you, you miss LeBron making history, man. Yeah. you. I got to talk about that, man. I got to. You know, here's, here's the thing, too. I saw this last night after it happened. Because I watched after our game, after the Kentucky game. I was like, well, I'm going to find a little joy in this night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be, oh, all these Bron fans, you know, they. Look. <laughs> my youngest is more of a LeBron fan than I am. I'm a rock with him, but you know who my hierarchy of dudes are. Mm-hmm. But a dude scoring more points than anyone else in league history, it's a big deal. This ain't the most three-point shots. Love you, Steph. This ain't the most 40-point games. This ain't none of that. This is no one scored more points in NBA history than this person. Yeah. That's a big deal. Even if you don't like the dude, right. that's a big deal. And yes, there's some kids out here that still want to use that for a goat debate. You and I have been out of that forever and ever. You feel how you feel at this point. Mm-hmm. Whoever you, is your goat is your goat. But to see LeBron do it in front of his family, Kareem was there. And selfishly, uh, showing the highlight of Kareem breaking the record. And then LeBron breaking the record. That's a lot of purple and gold, man. (laughs) So my point is, like, look, even if we're not going to be competitive, the Lakers are still must-see. There's that that's that's been the thing. Even if we are not going to win a championship, there's always a reason to see what's going on. I did watch last night, and Shea Gilgis Alexander may end up being the best dude that was like a throw-in of a recruiting class ever. 
Remember, he didn't start to like 15 games into his uh, freshman year at Kentucky. Yeah. I'm telling people, I work with a guy, he's a Lakers fan. I'm like, look, man, SGA, he was that dude at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And he's become even more of that dude. And you see how his numbers are comparing to other. I'm glad he's an all star. Talk yeah. about that. Yeah. And being an all star. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Randall being an all star. Yeah, Fox should have been. Ain't no way he should. I don't know how. To yeah, De'Aaron Fox should have. Absolutely. But uh, look, you tip your hat to LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I said this on Twitter. I'm going to say it here to clear it up. I asked. Because people have asked the question, is there another person who, another sports person, can you remember, who is being tabbed that young as being the next big thing and actually became the next big thing? And for me, it's LeBron. Like, Mm -hmm. well, I saw a lot of people saying Tiger Woods, and I'm like, was Tiger Woods a thing? For me, it was Tiger Woods when he won the Masters in 97 by 20 strokes or whatever. Because that was the first, last, only time my dad's ever called me on. I was, it was that that Sunday. I had gone home uh, uh, for something and come back. And my dad called me that Sunday afternoon, asked me if I'm watching golf. First, last, only time. That to me is when he jumped up on the street. No, they- a lot of people say he when- was. Uh, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year in 96. And he, I like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and stop you right there. But they had 19 year old TB didn't care anything about golf. I didn't care who yeah. it was. Yeah. They so, had him on the, was it Mike Douglas show when he was like, right, right, doing, doing some stuff. Yeah. So I'll give Tiger that, but I'm like, most people didn't pay attention to golf until Tiger became Tiger. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so I understand what they're saying is, you know, Sports Illustrated had him sports of the year and all this kind of stuff. But I would say it's different when your high school games are on ESPN. Yeah. And we was we were getting steady doses of St. Vincent St. Mary's games for right. They were playing in these made for TV games yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. But what you have to admit about LeBron is is he the same person he was in Miami? No. Who among us is the same person we were 10 years ago physically? I'm not. Hmm. But the, his drop-off has been a lot less dramatic than most. And, you know, toward the end, Kareem was not Kareem, right? No. Hmm. And for right or for wrong, LeBron is still the best player on the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's not a ceremonial... Just keep feeding him till he get. He's still getting buckets, mm-hmm. not the same way he was, right? So, but he's not washed yet either. No, and like for most for people are at this look, point. right, right, year twenty. Mm-hmm. How many people get to year twenty? Mm-hmm. And then most year twenty, it's just you know, you just hanging still, on, right? Eight points, six rebounds, right? So and, and, just, and if you're still, <laughs> I know LeBron is the All Star game because he's still the name. But even still, if you could just have a draft pool of uh, all NBA players, how long until LeBron gets drafted? Yeah. Okay, you, you, you take Giannis, right? You take Giannis. Um, Jokovic, 
probably ahead. Um, probably Luca, if you want to do that, mm. you know. Um, but after that, you know, Tatum or LeBron, Dude, Steph or LeBron, you're taking them over all the guards. <laughs> I mean, you know, mm. he can still in the right situation. He can still bully. My point is, LeBron mm. is something we have never seen, and it might be another forty years. But before we see anybody get close to the record. So, yes, it means something. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, but, yes, it means something. Right. And I'm not either. And I, I caught myself, uh, what was it, Kentucky Girl Sean or something on Twitter, big Celtics fan. But here I am, never been a LeBron guy, hate the Lakers. But she tweeted out, Why do you, I mean, what are we doing? Are we stopping the game and they losing? And I'm like, come on, come on. And I sent her the link because Steph, when Steph broke Ray Allen's record, we do this the game. I said, "This is what you know for for the big ones. We do this. Look, the Orioles were out of contention (laughs) in a meaningless in a meaningless game. Yep, and they stopped it when Cal Ripken Jr. broke Lou Gehrig's streak. Yep, and that's why I retweeted somebody that said last night the only reason this Tuesday night game." between the 11th and 12th teams in the West is even a thing is because of LeBron and history. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason. Why else are you watching this? You know, look, man, it's just sports. You know, people like, if I'm OKC, OKC, once they did the math, I'm sure the OKC coach, whoever it is, I don't know off the top of my head, like, hey, this is going to be a weird situation. Right, is this is gonna be different? And OKC still won, yeah. but they knew that going in, right? Like this is what happens with sports. When Peyton Manning broke the touchdown record, they stopped and did a thing. Like, come on, man! They, they they're going to do this. Absolutely. You know when when Jerry broke the touchdown record, uh, they had a little little something too. That, you know, Jerry yeah. Rice broke the touchdown record. Which he still holds with two hundred and eight touchdowns. This is which is insane, and he, you know, we've talked about it before. That gap between him and second is ridiculous, you know. And the great the goat conversation was going, and he's got to be mentioned, you know, Brady and Serena and Tiger and all that. You gotta you gotta put Rice. You yeah, and Rice look, in that mix, I, sure. There, there are. Uh, there are folks that aren't Jerry Rice fans, and you and I, you know, we've talked about it before on here. That's fine. Uh, my, my, I don't want to say love affair, but my love, right? He look, it, it's just, was he the fastest? No. Was he the most physically gifted? I could probably give you off the top of my head 10 to 12 wide receivers more physically gifted than Jerry Rice. Starting. Yeah. Starting with Randy Moss, T.O., Calvin Johnson, you know, some of these dudes today. Did he have the best hands? I think that's Chris Carter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, route running. Um, Off the top of my head, I don't know if I would have Rice uh, at the top of that list. But, uh, Mm. and look, I give the nod to your man, Michael Irvin. For all of his faults, uh-huh. for all of his whatever, 
that dude went over the middle in the 80s and 90s. He sure did. When going over the middle was one of these, I don't know if I'm going to see my family again. Yeah. And I'm going to do this on the turf of the vet. <laughs> I'm going to do this at RFK. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this at the Meadowlands. Mm -hmm. I am going to go, Troy, you put the ball there, I will go get it. And so yeah. talking about the numbers, that's why baseball, I guess the numbers are okay, right? How do we know who's good? But for me, other sports is just different. You know, you look at Michael Irvin's numbers, they're not fantastic. No, 750 catches. Uh, his yards wasn't, you know, which he wasn't a stretch to field guy anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I, but, 750 when he got hurt in Philly and it ended. But yeah. And and Michael Irvin's career is basically the second half of Jerry's career, numbers yeah. wise. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you, and I'm no Cowboys fan, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, Michael Irvin's a Hall of Famer, right? Like, I point this out to folks. You start falling in love with numbers, and I don't have it in front of me, but, like, all-time passing yards, which is ridiculous. I want to say that, like, 19 and 20, at one point, Kerry Collins and Matthew Stafford, mm -hmm. something like that, at 19 and 20. 21-22, Joe Montana and Johnny Unitas. Now. If I'm a number, the numbers people, are you trying to tell me that if you had to pick between Matthew Stafford and Kerry Collins or Joe Montana and Johnny Unitas, who would you pick? I mean, it's just. <laughs> so you can't always use numbers to tell the story. Nope. Unless the numbers, like Jerry, are so astronomical and so, what the hell? But then there are moments, hey, Jerry was going over the middle as well during that stretch. Yeah. Back when you could crack, you could you could clutch and grab and do all kinds of stuff. And we will keep this going, but you know, we, we can't get too 49ery. That bargain is enough. Gotta bring a fellow Cowboys fan on. You know, we were talking about been been almost three years since we had him on, and we we're talking about, which we have to ask him about this because he's in the green room right now. The most surreal night he had. He got to meet Jerry Jones and all them other celebs. We ran out of time. We talked about that last time. But he is the Wave News Sports Director, 2021 NSMA Kentucky Sports Catcher of the Year, Mama B's homeboy. Mama oh, B's favorite sports caster ever. <laughs> I have done so much stuff covering these cats, but she still tells the ladies at her beauty shop, you know, Terry knows Kendrick Haskins. Knows Kendrick. <laughs> like, that is the thing. So, uh, <laughs> Kendrick, so good to have you here, man. Man, it's good to be back. I can't believe it's been that long. We can't we we can't go so long in between appearances. Yeah, yeah, that's that's our fault, man. We got to get you back sooner. But now, too, we gotta we can't. I ain't trying to bother you so much. You you know, you're sports director at Wave Three. <laughs> you, know, you run the show. Last time you're on here, you said. You know, I get the assignment, I just go. Now I assume you're giving out the assignments and telling people where to go. So you, you got a different hat on since we had you on and 
congratulations on that, man. Thanks, man. I'm we I, I'm waiting to be able to dole out some assignments. Right now, I'm a one man department. We're still in the process of hiring somebody. We uh, just had a guy in today for his face to face interview, and I took him on a tour of the city. He loved the city, so hopefully that works out. But I, I keep telling people I'm the sports director, but I'm still waiting on somebody to direct. There you go. <laughs> I got to ask this question because you're in my hometown. Uh, you're close to it. I don't mean this to throw dirt on anybody, but what's going on with Louisville basketball? Like, how do they get from – how do they turn this around? Or do you think Kenny can turn it around? I think he can turn it around. This is the culmination. And basically, it's been five years of this NCAA cloud hanging over their heads. I know a lot of people are like, why he didn't build up to the transfer portal and all that. Well, at that point, the NCAA decision hadn't come down yet, so that was still hanging over their heads. Plus, you got to look at a team that last year they lost, what, 13 of their last 18 games, and the five best players from that team are all gone. L. Ellis didn't start until the end of the season. Sidney Curry didn't start until the end of the season. And so you, it's a lot it – was, it's just a perfect storm. Uh, they had been showing improvement last night aside. <laughs> last night was maybe the worst <laughs> worst performance of the season for them. It's like, how many times can you let them shoot wide open threes? But I, I think he can turn it around. And, you know, you know I'm, I'm host of Coach's show right now, too. So I, I, yeah, I saw that, to, yeah. Yeah, I have, to, I have to put lipstick on this pig every week. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the great thing about it is they're not – they're they're not in bad moves when they come in. They have they're great. We have a blast. I I can make fun of the team right there in front of them, and they they're fine with it. They they you know like yeah, you're right. And so it, it's considering the season that they're having, and it, it has been kind of fun to do the show. But yeah, it's it. I think it's just a culmination just of what happened the last five years with them. So, I mean, they knew. They knew going in, even with, with KP coming back and bringing Milk back and, and the press conference and the hype and the buzz, I guess deep down they knew they didn't have a lot of talent and the cover was kind of bare. I don't know if they knew it was going to be this bad. <laughs> and what's next year and the year after next looking like? And how, how quick can they kind of get on from this? Right. Uh, well, Kenny said, even in that press conference, he's like, you know, tamper your expectations. He said that then, and I think he barely met the team at that point. And he's been he's been saying that the whole time. All the hype just came up, you know, from the fan base because you know naturally what fans do when you get a new coach, especially with the credentials that Kenny came in with. They they're going to have to hit the transfer portal hard. Um, they they still had the commitment from uh, from the kid that was at Mail that went up to the uh, to the uh, private school up in Indianapolis. Um, his name is escaping right now because I've been running around all day. So uh, they're going to be – they should be better next year. I don't know who all returns from this roster, to be perfectly honest. Uh, we know the L's gone. We know Sidney Curry's gone. Outside of that, I would imagine that Okorafor will be back. He, uh, he's, he's been impressive in his first uh, three or four games that he's been there because he brings an energy that – you haven't seen he's still a little raw so he still picks up a lot he's gonna pick up a lot of fouls that's just how it's going to be so they can it just depends on what kind of luck they have in the transfer portal good lord i just not look i was i was out of loop last night i, I went back home watched harlan mm-hmm. county play harlan so i i didn't see any college last night i just saw this louisville pit score good lord 
and it was worse than that. They, Pitt, met, Pitt was nine of 15 from three in the first half. So you would think not, your coach shouldn't have to tell you to, you know, let's get out on the shooters. First nine points of the second half was three pointers. <laughs> they, they opened the second half on like an 11 to one run, something crazy like that. Yeah. The, the only thing keeping me from enjoying my rival's downfall too much is. I watched Kentucky and Arkansas last night. So, <laughs> that you know, second half, good gracious. I, I, and there's been no coaching change. There's been no NCAA cloud. But how to get it? I, I was talking to my lovely wife, my lovely wife. Uh, like, I don't know how we got to the point where I have to care about Joe Lunardi's bracketology. Right. Like, how do we get to this point? And is this a situation that you think – Cal can rebound from, or is he going to be like every other Kentucky coach and like, hey, you got to go. We're going to start over. I can't see Cal going anywhere unless he wants to, <laughs> especially with that class coming in next year. Yeah, they're going to oh, bounce yeah. back next year. <laughs> so I think I get I get a lot of 2013 vibes from this Kentucky team. Um, they because you look at it, I mean, they should be better shooters, but they don't really shoot as shoot as well as that 13 team did. I mean. Archie Goodwin was pretty much the only shooter on that team. Yeah. But uh, they, well, I think an Oscars regression has kind of hurt. It has hurt a lot, actually. And, and I, cause, you know, when they played that in the Bahamas, I kind of felt like then, like, you know, maybe they should run this offense more through Collins than Oscar because they're more built that way to be a get out and run long athletic team but that's not how they're playing because one of cal's one of cal's downfalls i think well i'm only call it a downfall but one of the uh things about cal is he's so loyal to guys that have been there i mean you go back to the year when with the twins when obviously ulis and devin booker was a better backcourt but he <laughs> kept the twins out there against wisconsin and it's kind of you're kind of seeing the same thing with, with how much he plays Safir and how much he, how dependent he still is on Oscar when last night was an obvious night that he should have been going with Damian Collins. And so okay. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that stands out to me about Cal that's very similar to Rick Pitino, to be honest with you, is that they're so loyal to players that have been there that sometimes it clouds their judgment when, it, like, some games you need to go with the guys that just got there. That's true. That's true. And, like, like we talked about <clears> – <throat> Terry and I were talking about it, you know, the, the knee with Oscar and, you know, you mentioned KP tempering expectations. Cal, Cal said it. Nobody wanted to hear it, but he said, Hey, it's going to take some time with this team <laughs> over the summer. And, you know, with, with we Oscar, just didn't expect it to be February 8th. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but, but Cal I, says that every year, no matter what the team yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody kind of rolling their eyes and yeah, that's whatever. Just you hear it's it. Don't Cal being Cal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with Oscar, you know, with him winning player of the year and doing everything he did last year, Statistically, there's nowhere to go but down. It's kind of like when right. Tubby won it all in his first year in '98. Nope, right. nowhere to go but down. <laughs> so you're not gonna put up those same type of numbers. And he's still as good as he is. He's still raw. Like, like his face-up game. Nope, nobody bites on that jab step. Nobody right. even, you know, he went quick the other day against Florida, made a nice little dish, and I was like, oh, 
Right. He Ooh, flashes it. Like, okay. Yeah. So if, if he can add more of that, which is it just takes time to get those reps and, and they need the confidence to do it in the game, but there's still layers of stuff that we can see, Looking, but I don't, I don't know if we can. What you're seeing right now is the answer to so many people's questions was, why was he projected so low in the draft? Well, this is why. <laughs> because uh, what position is he going to play in the NBA? He's undersized to play the five. He struggles guarding – Guarding out on the floor, and mm-hmm. so I mean, what's what's he going to do in the NBA? I mean, yeah, he he'll hustle and he can get rebounds, but what position you put him at? You're not going to put him at three. You can't guard the four, and he's undersized for a five. I think he'll more likely be a five, but I mean that this is this is why he was projected so low in the draft because of what what you're seeing right now. And, and like TB and I were talking about, everybody's got 35 games of film. Everybody looked at all the right. and well, we're gonna right. explore this. We can't wait to exploit that. And as soon as somebody found some blood with the pick and roll defense with Alabama, all right, everybody is just I and, mean, and, and and what do they run at nauseum in the NBA? Pick and roll. And it has been since the nineties, since John Stockton and Carmelo. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, Oscar. I mean, I mean, I mean, y'all know Oscar is one of the, is the salt of the earth, one of the greatest people you ever meet. Mm-hmm. And and I and I'm sure he'll. I think he'll bounce back this season. It's just it's just a tough stretch. Yeah. But those are just the things he has to work on is before he gets in the NBA because I mean he'll get exploited in the NBA with his shortcomings that he has so far, especially on pick and roll defense. And there's no there's not a Ben Wallace Kenneth Reed league anymore. <laughs> right. Can- I mean Oscar would have been perfect in the nineties. Oscar yeah. is a perfect nineties NBA player, a yeah. bruiser that that hustles that has long arms and you don't have to go out on the perimeter. <laughs> to guard anybody, he's perfect, and he because he reminds me a lot of Charles Oakley, to be honest with you. Mm. And so he, he, he's just if he came out in the '90s, he'd be a lottery pick. <laughs> That's true. That's true, man. Jump in there, TV. Don't let me. Well, we've taught some college hoops. Uh, did you watch LeBron last night? I did. Uh, I get, sat get at work. I sat at work after I was done working. And, just to watch LeBron, it was, it was cool to cool to watch. I'm not the biggest LeBron fan in the world, I'll be honest, but you know, it's it's always cool to watch history. And he he's he's put in the work. I mean, 20 years is 20 years, <laughs> and him to be 20 years and still be averaging almost 30 points a game. I mean, it's unbelievable the career this guy has. He's just he's just not real. It's like. Where is the drop off? When is it gonna? Because I can't even imagine what the drop off looks like when it eventually comes. Because you don't see. I mean, there's little things here and there, especially on the defensive end. But there is no real drop off for this dude. It's amazing. And, and for me, as again, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. My youngest is, but what he's doing for the Lakers now, the I'm gonna take all these shots. Like he could have been doing that in Miami, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like right. He could have been doing 30, 35 points a game, but he was doing other things. Like, that's my takeaway is mm. he's just different. And right. you don't have to say, is he better than this? Just in, I want to get to the point it. where we just enjoy. Right. Like, just enjoy what this guy has been doing for 20 years. Right. And he's, he still adds to his game because, I mean, big reason why he caught uh, Kareem is beyond as a three-point shot. But – he wasn't. He did not have that three point shot when he first came into the league. That's mm, something right. he's developed, and and over time, and then and the fadeaway, you know, like 
the route that Jordan and Kobe kind of went. And when they get further in their career, they perfect that fadeaway. And, and so he just he still brings new things to his game. Like his handle, his handle was one of his uh, shortcomings early on in the in the league. And now look at him; and he's he's right up there with Steph and AI with the way he can handle the ball. I mean, it's amazing how this guy still improves at almost forty years old. It's, I mean, it's amazing to watch. Yeah, the first. First person at that age to to not just fall off the cliff and just be right. hanging on to to be on the team, but actually still like TB, you know, the, the leader of the team, <laughs> the, of the team still yet at that age. Right, right. and I, I mean, I do feel like that he start when he once he kind of got close to the record, he did start taking more shots than he normally does, and I wonder how much that may have, may be hurting the Lakers. To be honest with you, but. It's still, I mean, it's fun to watch, especially as the Lakers, you know, the Lakers is like an enigma because, like, it's not crazy to say that they can win the West. It's not. <laughs> but it's not crazy to say they won't make the playoffs. <laughs> Vinny, that goes to my point of my beloved Lakers. We may not win, but we're going to be interesting. Like, you know it's always going to be, hey, it's it's always like gonna be Dallas. something must <laughs> It's just like the Cowboys. It's yeah, going to be yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nobody now, loses speaking, at the end of the season like Dallas. <laughs> oh, speaking of the Cowboys and the NFL, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. So started with the Super Bowl. Who are you going with? What's your read on – we got to talk about the two black quarterbacks, Vinny. Right. We haven't talked about that. Actually, I'm doing a story on We're old on enough that. to remember uh, that. I'm There's sorry. Go ahead, Kendrick. I'm actually doing a story on that. It's going to air on on Friday and on and on Super Bowl Sunday. I, um, I reached out to you know a couple high school players and co- uh, coaches around him, uh, Marvin Dantzler at Central and uh, Kenyon Gooden, the quarterback at Collins High School, and then the Stoners over at Manuel High School, and also talked to uh, Charlie Ward about it, about the significance of that, because it is. And the funny thing is, it's significant, but at the same time, you don't think twice about it because there's so many black quarterbacks now. Because I was thinking about it even just here at U of L, like the last, what, four or five quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks at U of L have all been black. Yeah, Malik, <laughs> Lamar, you got Malik Eddie. for ten years. You got yeah, <laughs> yeah. Puma passed there for five oh, yeah. minutes. And you had Lamar, <laughs> and uh, you had Teddy, and so <laughs> it seems. I'm trying to remember who there was a stopgap in between Teddy and Lamar, but but still, well, Reggie Bonifon too. I forgot about Reggie Bonifon was a quarterback there for a while too. So like, but you don't even think about it. And I really, I I can't. I could be wrong. But I'm almost positive that Teddy was the first starting black quarterback at U of L. And but it's like it's so commonplace now. And like you, you go back to with, with Kentucky with Pookie Jones and, mm. and and Woodson and all that stuff. And like Shane Boyd. Yeah, Shane Boyd. And like you don't even think about it. <laughs> it's just like you don't even think about it, but then you then it hits you like it's the first time it's been two in the Super Bowl, and it's just like wow. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like it's it's a, it's a strange story to talk about because it is a story, but at the same time, the you looking ahead in the future, it's going to be kind of commonplace, <laughs> right? Because with Brady stepping away, yeah, Aaron Rodgers you know, is old. Aaron Rodgers is old. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Whatever happens with Lamar, like Baltimore, just run, run, run his money, right? Yeah, <laughs> run run his his money. You know. How but they're hundred million dollars apart is beyond me. It's like, what are you doing at Baltimore? I feel like they're preparing for him to leave. They already got rid of Romans, and so I think I feel like they're preparing for him to go. 
Yeah, so that, yeah. And so it used to be that anomaly, it was Randall Cunningham for a while that was mm-hmm. carrying the torch, right? Yeah. Then you would get a Rodney Pete. You yeah. get somebody, you know, somebody like Dante that. Culpepper. Right, right, right. And mm-hmm. then Steve McNair was doing his thing for a bit. Mm-hmm. There was always just one or two, you know, mm-hmm. of course, Mike Vick. And we know I, what happened about the Mike Vick. <laughs> I still think, is do we still only have two that have actually won it, though? Mahomes and Doug Williams? Russell Wilson. Ah, oh, fuck that. Russell Wilson. I, I knew yeah. there was another one in there. I couldn't remember. You know, Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still, so, only three. yeah, three, three, to, three to win. Uh, Kaepernick played. Mm-hmm. And and lost and McNair. I'm, I'm yeah, McNair, oh, no, McNair. Yeah, McNair. Uh, yeah, Cam Newton. Cam Newton no. after that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've we've had some play, but this, mm-hmm. you know, growing up like when we did, with I know my dad was like black quarterback. I don't care who t- what team he is, <laughs> you know, because right. he's of that generation where they didn't let you play. Like, right. it sounds right. crazy, right? Mm-hmm. To try to explain to folks, like, you know, Warren Moon. Had to go to Canada. Had to go like, to Canada. Like right. all these, and, and here we are with. I mean, because that's why I, I talked about it with Charlie Ward. Like, if Charlie Ward's skill set, if Charlie Ward came out today, he's a first round pick, but he didn't even get drafted. And it's crazy that his plan B was a long NBA career. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about that dude as far as athletes. It was like, I won the Heisman. You're not going to draft me? Cool. I'm like, you know, I'm a play in the league for right. a, a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think it would have what, like a 13 year NBA career, something like that. Nice. Yeah. And, and, and this dude, and like, he's a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. And was, he was my, at, at that point, he was my favorite player to watch, period. Cause yes. Charlie, and if you really look at it, Patrick Mahomes' game is very similar to Charlie's because it's a thing of he can run, but he doesn't run. You're not going to call read options for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he can get away. And Charlie, Charlie, he even said he's like, you know, I, when I ran, I was just running to get get first downs or to get out of trouble. I really wasn't running as you know a play call. Yeah. And so you look at that the evolution since then, and like even then, as good as Charlie was, he was still kind of an enigma because it was like him and what Tommy Frazier. <laughs> right, about it. right, uh-huh. and that uh, that Dantzler kid out at uh, Clemson before Woodrow. Yeah. Was Clemson. Yeah, Woodrow, Woodrow Dantzler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Take it back. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but and before we move off football, I got to ask another question. Y'all are Cowboys fans. I'm a Niners fans. Please explain to me that last play. What is it? That y'all was trying to do. Well, you with see Zeke that, snapping the ball. You see that offensive coordinator is no longer in Dallas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's two years in a row. Two years in a row. <laughs> I, I tweeted that after the game. Which which play to end the season was more of a hot mess? You know, the one at home in Dallas with the you know run trying to get it snapped, and the one in San Francisco, and that you know. Both of them just a disaster, man. The thing that was most frustrating about the San Francisco game is Dallas was dominating that game. If Dak doesn't Dak, Dallas wins the game. (laughs) But Dak totally Dak. I I had a feeling he was going to Dak coming in because he played so great against Tampa. Yeah, it's it's doing they playing two good games in a row. If he had an average game against Tampa, I'd have been okay. But right. he played too well. <laughs> so I was like, he's not gonna do that too in a row. I went to the <laughs> I went to the Green Bay game, bucket list, Lambeau Field. Oh wow. And he Tampa, totally backed in the second half. Uh, 195 <laughs> and old went up two scores in the fourth quarter 
and Green Bay scores 17 unanswered and beats the Cowboys. So I, I was there to see that history. They never oh, lost wow. ever up two scores in the fourth quarter, and there I sit and watch them do it. Nice. <laughs> I was I was stunned by that status. I'm like, as much as Dallas does dumb stuff, that's the first yeah. time that's happened. Yeah, <laughs> I was stunned. I saw it live in person. Man. So, oh well. You know, as a long suffering Cowboys fan, I'm one of the ones who's realistic. Like, I never think they're gonna win the Super Bowl. I'm like, why do people think they're gonna win it every year? I'm like, no. I haven't thought they were going to win the Super Bowl since Emmett was there. But like, what what do you see every year that makes you think? Because like Stephen A. Smith is dead on. He's like, it's an accident waiting to happen. Every time he does this, I crack up because it's true. It <laughs> I hate to give him credit for it because he he does. Like, but it's true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, so it makes true. doing this podcast fun for me when. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 Kendrick, let me tell you what Vinny does, right? Mm-hmm. When the Niners and Cowboys play in the, the Wednesday after the game, mm-hmm. we have like eight guests. So <laughs> I have to be nice. <laughs> Smart man. Because <laughs> I knew it was gonna happen. Tuesday, I look at my phone, we got Joe Smith and did I oh, come on. And I, I'm ready to show up and show up. <laughs> we got all these guys. Gotta calm all that heat down. He's trying to throw. Right, right. Think he's slick. Yeah. <laughs> see, I got. See, I got my Dion back there. Yeah, I see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah, not the Niners Dion, the Cowboys Dion. It's Cowboys Dion. That's what he's known. Don't for. get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Man, we gotta. We gotta get you back on. Sorry, it's been almost three years since we. I didn't realize it. I've, I've moved and everything. <laughs> like, like September of twenty twenty. I got a job and everything. Because we were doing that podcast with Kevin Hale, and we yeah. warming up Vinny, and and Kevin's like, you know, who you got coming on the show? And I'm telling him, and Kenner's like, well, when you gonna have me on? And I said. We've had you on. He said, no. I'm like, really? <laughs> I text video. He's like, no. I was like, well, we got to make this happen. Hey, yeah. it's got to be. Hey, it's got to happen more often, man. As I said, I'm, I'm doing this. And, I, you know, I've got my podcast that I do with Charlie Ward and uh, Lloyd Spence. Yeah. I believe in the ACC. Yeah, we do, yeah. We do that every Thursday at 9 o'clock. And we got to do a home and home. I got to get you. Because I do believe in Kentucky. So I got to get you on there, man. Oh, yeah, man. And I'm telling you, Charlie Ward is like one of the most humble people you'll ever meet. But he's so fun to make to pick on because <laughs> he he because Charlie does a little stuff. He doesn't really brag, but he'll he'll throw a flex in there on you in a heartbeat. And so we have a have a button when he does it. Uh, Lloyd hits the button and says, "That's a Charlie Ward humble flex," yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets all irritated when we do it. <laughs> hey, man, but, uh, he, he's good people, man. It's like one of the thrills. One of the thrills of my career, to be honest with you, because like I said, I grew up a huge Charlie Ward fan. So to be able to do that podcast with him and actually he's somebody I can just reach out to for just like life advice because he's, you know, he he's super intelligent. He's, you know, he's really religious and stuff. So I, I, I can go to him with anything. And I mean, that's just awesome. I'd be like, yeah, I can go to Charlie Ward asking that. <laughs> that, awesome. that fast break offense at Florida State was 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 legit. Oh, man. Oh, man. When, when he would hit them play fakes. Man, Ooh, man, and uh, and then you had Warwick Dunn back there, yeah, <laughs> who, could, who could break off a fifty yard in a heartbeat. Yeah, Van Over and a whole yeah, bunch of other yeah, Tamrick Van Over, like, Kes McCorvey, all those dudes, like E.G. Green on those teams. Oh, too. Yeah. See, there we go. 
Man, they was we, so I, I like having somebody our age come on here and reminisce about way back. <laughs> right. Vinny, Vinny invites too many young guests, and they be talking about, you know, when I was a kid in 2008, yeah. get out of my face. Yeah, when I was a kid growing up watching DeMarcus Cousins. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I watched football when they had the big neck rolls. And the, yeah. The right, shoulder pads and this big. Yeah. <laughs> give me, give me right, that. <laughs> Fishnet jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are in that same area, man. We the same age. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. talking. I was talking uh, to my job candidate today, and somehow he was asking me about uh, who are, who are my favorite teams outside of the area. And I was like, you know, I grew up in in the '90s with UNLV, and man, those teams back then, Larry Johnson and Greg Anthony and Anderson Hunt and Stacy Augman and all those teams. Man, I was the biggest UNLV fan back then. <laughs> and even before then, when Armin Gilliam was there, and they had this guy named Travis Bass Knight, dude would dunk everything. <laughs> man, those and, teams man, were fantastic. And real quick, before we let you go, don't want to keep you too long, but way back then, as we sit around like we at the barbershop, coaches and teams had personality. Right. Like, I love some of the coaches, but it's not the same as Tarkin Sharp. It's not Sharp. the same like it, Tark, or John doing on a towel during the game. Or, you know, <laughs> even – uh, we're old enough to remember when uh, uh, Coach K couldn't win the big one, right? Right, Going back right, that right. Like, exactly. Right, you know, before Jordan was a guaranteed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, just the different era of the coach and the programs really being different, you know. Right. Uh, I can't remember who was was tweeting about John Thompson and uh, Georgetown today. And, look, I thought – Georgetown was HBCU. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. saying that to my dad, and he said, Negro, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, that's one of the whitest colleges. <laughs> what are Him you and Miami about? both. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You find out Coral Gables. Ain't a lot of black people in Coral Gables. No. All the black people on campus are the ones you've seen on TV. <laughs> exactly. Those are, those are all we got. <laughs> you never have a guy that's just sitting over there chewing on his towel during the game or John Chaney threatening to kill Cal and like you're never gonna see that stuff anymore Dale Brown you know how crazy he was yeah. and, and Bobby Knight and all that stuff even yeah, Denny I mean, got there with his rolled up program and his red right, coat you, I mean, you don't that. see that anymore man you, you, you had you had uh, a personality and yeah. you know it was some character Nick Saban for all his winning What's your memory of Nick Saban besides winning? <laughs> right, right. You know, it's not Woody Hayes choking something. <laughs> you know, something like that. Up in a wild time. <laughs> <laughs> but Kendrick, always good to have you on. Man, it's good this to is see the second you. Time. We're gonna do it again. Yeah, yeah man. Again, man. Hey, I'm gonna hit you. I'm, I'm gonna hit you up. I'm gonna be in Louisville next weekend. Okay. We're yeah, gonna be I in should... Louisville the whole weekend. So yeah, I my should, baby's I should be around. Birthday. I don't know what well, I'm we'll saying. We'll see. We'll see. My mom right. still yeah, thinks it's be. cool that I that I know Kendrick. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. Celebrity, man. That picture we took at one of the games, she's got on her phone and she takes it and she shows it. <laughs> Everything I've done, the coolest thing is Kendrick. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate you, man. Yes, I appreciate you guys, man. We got to do this again soon. Appreciate it, Kendrick. All right, man. Thank you. Hey. Flopped around Kendrick Haskins, sports director, Wave 3 News. Appreciate him hopping on. We end up switching it. I missed uh, Coach Jones, man. He sent me a text talking about sending it to his phone. I missed that. So Kendrick came on.
Coach Jones been in the green room listening to us chop it up with Kendrick and patiently staying on here. So we got the head coach of the Harlan County Black Bears coming off an 81-73 win over the Harlan Dragons last night at home. 21-5, 8-0 in the region, 5-0 in the district. Kyle Jones, coach, man, appreciate you hopping on here. How you doing, sir? Good. Thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate my voice, my voice sounds a little cracked. I yelled a lot last night. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, appreciate you waiting too, because uh, you know yeah, I enjoy <laughs> listening to you guys. Because I, I can remember some of those games too. I'm not. I'm 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 from the '90s there. I remember all those those teams he was talking about, UNLV and all them. I enjoyed watching those guys too. So I enjoyed listening to you guys. Oh, appreciate it. I was hoping. I was like, man, I hope you didn't mean to keep you waiting because it was my fault that I didn't get you in at seven. But I remember that that SEC story, the, the documentary they do, kind of like the, the SEC Network's 30 for 30, the one that Arkansas did. And yeah. they were talking to Nolan Richardson, and they were playing UNLV with Larry Johnson and all those teams. And, and Larry went up and dunked on the whole Arkansas team. And running back down the court, Larry looked at Nolan and told him, he said, you better get you some grown men. <laughs> so Nolan then goes and gets Collis Williamson and, and that whole crew, they ended up winning the championship in 94. But but Larry Johnson and Tark, Larry saying, you better get some grown men. And so Nolan went and got some grown men. <laughs> right. Did you get – I heard you say you came to our game last night. Did you enjoy it? I sure did. I sure did, man. I got there – uh, I live outside Knoxville, so I ran up, drove to Lynch. My mom's still there in Lynch. Went and, and got a little dinner with mom, took my boys up there, and got down there about 7.15. It was a packed house. Yes, sir. Got in there and, and watched y'all shoot the lights out. I mean, the first quarter on fire, went up 26 to 8, man, and just, uh, you know, Harlem made a couple runs, but y'all were able to kind of keep them at arm's length all night, right? Yeah, yeah, they they got a really good team. Uh, we got a lot of respect for their program. Coach Cal's done a great job. I know uh, he's from up uh, your way. He's a he's a Cumberland guy, so uh, got a lot of respect for him. And um, you know, I, it's just it's uh, I don't think people realize the talent that's in this our county right now, and that's kind of unheard of. Uh, small Eastern Kentucky County. It's not been like that in, in probably a couple of decades or more. So uh, it's it's just real. It's a real good time, not just for our our team, but just the Harlan County community and all. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about your your journey as well, you from the other end of the county. Your journey as a player. Your journey as a coach. How'd you how'd you get into it? And and just tell us about you right quick. Well, I actually played for Harlan uh, Independent. So. Um, played for my father there, uh, played on some really good teams, uh, played in the Sweet 16, won a couple of Class A states, uh, played with a lot of really good players. Um, and, you know, I, I always tell people I don't – I don't. it's hard for me playing at Harlan and all those memories. I don't wish Harlan any bad luck unless they play us. So that's, that's just the way I look at it. Uh, I like to see those guys do good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, – <clears throat> Started out, you know, I, I kind of fell into this job. Uh, um, I, uh, my brother was actually the coach before, and he, he stepped down. And then 
you know, a lot of guys that, that uh, I've been in middle school for several years here and uh, just know a lot of the kids that play, coached all of them, and uh, <clears throat> been around basketball all my life with my dad. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's been a big part of my life with sports. And, uh, you know, he's in the Kentucky Hall of Fame for coaching. And uh, just learn a lot from him. And, uh, you know, some guys fell through with the job. And, uh, you know, I was blessed enough to get the opportunity. And uh, we've just ran with it. You know, I got a lot of good players. Good players make coaches look pretty good. So uh, you got to have players to win games. So I, ne I never get credit to coach. Coaches only get, get the credit when you lose. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what year did you graduate? Because we had Mike on last year. Yes, sir. And, uh, I graduated in 96 and went to Cumberland. So I back then we couldn't, we yeah. couldn't stand y'all. We couldn't, you know. <laughs> and look, Charles, Charles coming from Cumberland to yes, Harlem, that just added fuel to the fire. Look, he did what he had to do, but we went to grade school with Charles, and then he was down there with y'all and on that good squad. So that just made the rivalry that much more intense. Oh, yeah. So when did you graduate? And I uh, graduated in uh, 98, 99, uh, okay. played, uh, we, we actually lost in the regional finals to, to Clay County. You know a little bit about Clay County being from Cumberland. Mm -hmm. You know, they used to dominate the 13th region. And then, uh, uh, and I actually played on the 96 team. We uh, went to the state that year and lost to Henderson County. But we, you know, our team beat Paintsville that year in the Class A, and they won the Sweet 16, so. We had a pretty good team that year. So with uh, J.R. Van Hoos. Yes, that. sir. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So and yeah, your your dad, of course. Uh, you know, we're known forever, and and the program he ran there at Harlan, you and Mike, and uh, so yeah. And you said you did middle school, and then I did. I I actually coached our middle school for for several years, and. Uh, Never really want to take the jump to help in the high school just because of my kids. It takes a lot of time. And people don't realize how much time coaching takes, you know, if you're dedicated to it. And uh, But the opportunity fell in place for me this year. And, again, I'm, I'm blessed and just uh, just was blessed with an awesome group of kids. You know, they jumped right in and they, you know, they kind of took me in. And uh, we've, we've gone from there. We we played a really tough schedule. We was up in Louisville. We played in the King of the Bluegrass, which was a big honor. Uh, got to play some teams from Louisville, and uh, and that's just made us better. I feel like, you know, playing in regional play. Um, <clears throat> you know, this I got I got some pretty good players though. I I got a kid that you know I, he was there last night. Trent Noah, uh, he's pretty special. He's six seven combo guard as a junior. And I, I've, you know, he's got several D1 offers right now. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping maybe some, uh, uh, you know, even Kentucky or Louisville might sniff around and give him a look as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like Virginia Tech and Coastal Carolina. And sometimes you, he's just so nice. He'll tweet out, you know, thanks to whoever comes in to see him or visit yeah. him with him. And he just, he's so poised. I've, I've never been around a kid that, no, don't matter what's happening in the game, you can't you can't bother him. You know he's just he's played so much. At, you know how kids are today. You guys talk about sports, basketball is year round now. They play so much AAU and stuff like it's uh he don't get rattled. And then, you know we got the Huff kid too. It's a sophomore. He's a pretty good player as well. Mm -hmm. And I think I guess 
everybody was, I don't know if they breathed a sigh of relief. I know I did when when it looked like Trent was going to go to North Laurel, started, uh, turned on ESPN, and there he was with Reed Shepard. I was like, what happened? Yeah. And he was, at, they, he was in North Laurel, but then decides to come back and, and come back to Harlan County. So yeah, that definitely helped. <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, North, y'all know how good Reed Shepherd is. Our region's just so tough. I feel like, you know, a lot of people talk about Louisville and Lexington regions, but, you know, the 13th region is as good as it has been probably probably since the days when Charles Thomas played. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be a tough battle. I mean, I think there's four or five teams, including Harlan, that could cut the nets down. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be something else. We had Coach Cal on last week, and I asked him, I'm going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> where y'all played each other in a five-day span. That was the quickest turnaround. You played last Thursday, then you played last night. I asked him, did he like that? You know, did, Do you like playing teams that quickly, or do you rather have a little more space, you know, two or three, four weeks in between when you have to play on that second time? For sure. I, I, I think next year I'm, uh, we're going to try to schedule that a little different. You know, of course, the Class A, they went to the Class A state, and that kind of messed their schedule up a little bit. But uh, it's hard just to bounce back emotionally, not just, you know, um, uh, mentally too, and, you know, not just physically. But uh, emotionally, you got to get your kids ready. They got to be ready. I mean, that's a huge rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's that's the biggest two crowds I've seen at a Harlan Hardy County game, and they was in a five-day span. So it, it, was, it was a great atmosphere. You know, all these games are played in big venues now. To, especially the game at Harlan, you got a 1,500 gym uh, – capacity or 15 person capacity and they you know i'd say there was three thousand people in that gym so it was pretty crazy but no we we definitely like to have some separation next year when we play those guys i that's what I would, i'd say that i didn't make it to the game at harlan but i've you know, been in there several times and i, I figured the, the fire marshal had to be looking the other <laughs> way just to you know yeah that's hey i actually said the same thing sir i i said if the fire marshal come in here tonight he'd definitely shut this this game down <laughs> that's right because that's that's the last night at harlan county which is a lot bigger that's the most packed i've ever seen it and yes I, sir I hope to get there a little sooner, you know, <laughs> but I, it was about 7.15 when I left mom to come down there. And when I saw the parking lot, I just I just parked on the side of the road. I didn't even try to pull into the school. I just parked on the side of the road and just walked the rest of the way because it was, I said, they're lined up. Oh, it's, it's this kind of crowd tonight. Okay. Yeah. Next time, next time you get to make it to a game, for sure, we'll, we'll sneak in VIP up there at the top. <laughs> since, you you're, since you're an old Harlan County guy. Yeah, man, absolutely. Because that was, that you know, that's part of my school. It's Cumberland, Everest, and Kwood. That's, yeah. that's, you know, that's what Harlan County is. So, yeah, man. And just great game last night, man. Like you said, for that quick turnaround, just played Harlan over there, and you know what a rivalry it is. And then, you know, you going back to your old stomping grounds where you played and all that, and then to have that quick turnaround. And uh, I haven't seen every game. That first quarter, was is that the best you've seen the team all year, or has there been periods where they kind of matched that? Or Yeah, we, we've had a few games where we played that well. Um um, in the first quarter, you know, I'd, I'd like to see us carry it throughout the whole game, but we knew Harlem was going to make runs. They're, they're just, you know, they're too good not to. 
Um, but uh, we uh, that's probably the best we've shot in a quarter. I'm not, you know, and we needed that to be able to win that game. So uh, luckily, luckily we made we made a bunch of shots. I think we was like seven to ten from three in the first quarter. So yeah. that's pretty. That was pretty impressive. That's it. Sure was. And um, so up next is Middlesbrough at home. And then it's only four games left, and then it's, it's yeah. time, Coach. You kind of kind of getting time to get everybody where you need to be. That that whole is Coach speak peaking at the right time. It's it's right. time for that now, isn't it? We're hoping we're doing that. Uh, Millsboro's another district game, and that's who we play. Who will also play in the first round of the district, and then Harlan will play Bell County. Um, <clears throat> so we gotta we gotta come out and make a statement. I feel like against Millsboro. And uh, before we play him in the first round, yeah, yeah, it's crazy how fast that it's it's gone by. Fast. Uh, everybody will be at at Corbin here before you know it. I mean, it's it's that time of year again. But how do you guys? You guys are sports fans. How do you like these? Because y'all, I heard y'all talking about the old days. So how do y'all like the these big venues for regional tournaments? Do you like them back at the back at the old high school gyms where it's just crazy packed crowds? I'll ask both of you guys that question. I'm from Louisville, Coach, so a lot of our venues are a little bit bigger just just for that. So the one thing I love about Vinny, what he does, he's always showing love where he's from. I tell people we have more folks from Harlan County than that Justified TV show because (laughs) he's bringing on everybody. And, I hey, I appreciate it because – uh, number one, again, I'm from Louisville. I love Kentucky. and But growing up in Louisville, it's easy to get your blinders on, especially high school sports, because there's so many schools in Louisville, it's almost you have to reach the state tournament before you even have to think about other places. So right. doing this for with Vinny for the past, uh, you know, 10 years, Vinny, it's going on, uh, and just learning about that area of the state has been has been fantastic for me and the great players that come out of there the great people that come out of there so uh Vinny's doing good work for his uh his neck of the woods yeah we appreciate that uh and you know we got to play uh where'd you go to high school in Louisville I went to Seneca High School okay which uh for the past 40 years hasn't been very good but Vinny do you know who you know who went there Top seventy-five that. NBA player, Wes Unseld. Wes Unseld went to Seneca way back when, and that was the last time we won the state tournament. Uh, so uh, it's been a while. Well, Tony Kimbrough played at Louisville, and a couple other Louisville, but basketball is not exactly what we what we <laughs> what we did back then. As far as the the venue, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little torn. You know, to have it at Cumberland, at Harlan, at Everett, at Kwood. Just from that small intensity standpoint, is good. But to, to have these bigger venues, I'm I'm biased. But you know, the Harlan County gym is one of the nicest in the state. And even if I wasn't biased, I still think I'd say that. So from a exposure standpoint, you know, WYMT is coming and streaming the games and putting them on TV. And from an exposure standpoint, from our neck of the woods, I think. The bigger venues are better. This Corbin Arena, you know, who who yeah. you know, Snoop Dogg and 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 <laughs> Travis Tritt and all these big name artists are coming to Corbin. Who would have thought that 
1995, 1996. No way these artists are coming to Corbin. So to have that big arena for the regional tournament, I'm I'm glad to see, you know, kind of you know, like TV's already always said Louisville's had bigger stuff because it's a bigger city. To be able to have bigger venues for where we're from, I think that's I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, he's uh you talking about being from Louisville, we we got to play Louisville Mail and Louisville Trinity this year and Fairdale. Uh, in the King of the Bluegrass. And, it, you know, just the tradition of those schools, like I was trying to tell our players, you know, our younger guys, you know, I can remember Fairdale going to the state tournament with my father when in the 90s. They won it two years in a row. I think they had Jerron Brown. And, and Turner? Yes, Turner? man, those guys. Right? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. That, those and, – and Mayo had Jason Osborne yeah. at that point. Yeah, that – Mayo's been tough, Vinny. Yeah. That's, that's where Daryl Griffith went. Yeah, to, to, to let you know, Larry O'Bannon that played for Louisville. So yeah, yeah. Mail was in our district. So you know, yeah, we, yeah. good, good, yeah, good luck. I'm not so mad about my district then. <laughs> you got mail. Yeah, in, I mean, in, in Trinity. Just, yeah, uh, oh uh, for football, our football uh, district was Mail, Trinity, Saint X. I think it's changed now, but it was brutal, man. We, have, we would have like a three-game stretch where it's like 70, 70, 70. So, mm. yeah. They've shuffled it since then because it's been almost 30 years ago, Vinny. Yeah. Well, it has been 30 years ago, but, yeah. That's didn't, crazy. Didn't I think Coach Harden just passed away for that coach those last two back-to-back championships for Fairdale. I think Stan Harden was the coach. He would, Sounds familiar. He, he would call the games – at the state tournament every year, if I didn't go, I always listen at work. You know, Cameron Cameron Mills would be on the broadcast, and it'd be uh, Paul Rogers, the voice of the Cardinals, and Coach Harden would always be on there as a color analyst with the you know whoever the voice of EKU or Western whoever, and they always talked about he was that that Fairdale team was the last one to go back to back. I think he just passed away, but it was he was just a I never met him. He just be a, just a gruff sounding old school dude, and whatever whatever play would happen. Well, they need to get the ball inside a little bit more. Yeah. I just loved hearing his little just blunt to the point. <laughs> they just stay out of foul trouble, and you know, guard the three point line a little bit. I loved hearing Coach Harden every year at the state tournament. I always listen to it. I'd stream it on my phone at work, man. I just yeah, loved hearing him. yeah, it, it was like going up there to the King of the Bluegrass and just walking in Fairdale's gym. It just it, and seeing some of those players that they had and stuff, I was just in awe, you know, just uh, reading some of that their uh, some of their past history. And uh, we love we we actually got invited back to that next year. You know, it, it helps when you got good players, so you get invited to to uh, to big tournaments, and that's one of the biggest pre Christmas tournaments in the state, probably the biggest. And we're excited to go back to Louisville next year. You uh, you guys will have to come up and check us out next year when we go go to Louisville. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Congratulations on getting yeah. another invite. And uh, definitely got to get to more games next year. You mentioned some of the good players. You mentioned some earlier. You mentioned Maddox Huff and Trent Noah. Uh, Trent had 30 and 12 last night. And did I see where you tweeted out that Trent, uh, yeah, 1,000 career rebounds last night as well. Joined a 1,000 rebound clubs. <clears throat> yeah, he's over He's over 2,500 points right now and 1,000 rebounds. And he's a junior. So, I mean – and he and he shoots about 41 42 percent from three at six seven so you know i just i just feel like he's a big time prospect that 
even though in the days of social media and AAU basketball, you're still stuck in Eastern Kentucky. And a lot of people, you know, kind of get that bad, like, nah, those guys really can't, they're good, but they can't play with these guys. You know, he, he can play. Yeah. Yeah. He should. And you said he's just poised, um, you know, shooting the three ball a couple of times when Harlan did make a run, they cut it to nine or seven and yeah. got a quick and one to kind of stop that run and keep that cushion to get it to the, to keep it from getting to the point where the pressure was on you all, you know, yeah. if Harlan cuts it to four or then, then, Oh, Oh, because they were down so much, but he, he stopped a couple of their runs with some, with some key buckets and then y'all were able to kind of yeah. keep it a three, four possession game the rest of the way. I'll tell you a crazy stat of another kid we got. Y'all, y'all, this will blow your mind. He, he's made 98 three-pointers this year, and he's shooting 49%. Man, that's <laughs> – I couldn't do that unguarded, Vinny. I know I couldn't do that in an empty gym. Yeah, it's da- Daniel Carmichael. He's the, he's the smaller guard that we had, uh, Mr. Hardy, last night, number four. Okay. He's shooting forty nine percent and made ninety six threes so far this year. It's un it's unheard of. So uh, you know he's just a good complimentary piece to those guys. But I tell you what's easy as a coach is like you can draw up all these great plays, but when you got a kid or two that can take a game over, it's it's nice to go over to them and say, "Hey, I need you to get a bucket." So you know that makes you look good as a coach yeah. when you got that. And that's the one thing, and I don't mean to go on a tangent here, Vinny, that I love about basketball is essentially, even at the highest level, it's can you go get a bucket? Yeah. Like scheme, whatever. If your coach says to you, like you say, coach, I need you to go get one. Because there's a lot of good players all over the place. The great ones we remember are the ones I can go get you this bucket. Right. It sounds easy, right? <laughs> Just go put the ball in the hoop. Sounds easy, but depending on, you know, circumstance, like can you go get a bucket? And it's good that you've got some players like that. I know <laughs> it makes you feel better. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Vinny and I talk about the triangle offense that Phil Jackson ran. Most successful offense ever, but it really helps if you got Michael Jordan on one corner, you know, Scottie Pippen on the other, or Shaq and Kobe uh, on your triangle offense. Sometimes that helps a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So are you a Louisville fan, basketball, or Kentucky? I grew I see, up a Louisville. I, I, grew- I see Mr. Hardy with a Kentucky shirt on, so I know where. Oh, 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 Coach, yeah. Let, let me show you my wall. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Kentucky. That's soccer, <laughs> volleyball. You know. Oh no, I grew up a I grew up a a, a, a Louisville fan. Uh, my parents went to Louisville. Brothers and everything went to Louisville. I was going to go to Louisville, and and Vinny, I'm not going to testify for a minute, but I was on Interstate 64 on uh, coming back from Louisville, heading away to Lexington, and like Saul on the road to Damascus, the sky opened up. <laughs> they said, Terry Brown, you got to turn your life around. You don't need to be going to Louisville. And so I went to UK, and so I'm a, I'm a UK fan. There you go. Louisville fans don't like that, but I, that's how I tell the story. <laughs> it sounded good to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Coach, man, oh, we appreciate you hopping on. Yes, sir. 
wish you the best the rest of the way, what's left of the regular season, and then on in the postseason play. Um, I'm about to get up and catch some more games, uh, get there early, and I'll try to highlight you next time. I mean that. Next time you come, I'm I'm getting I'm gonna let you in up top and get you in free, man. We won't make you fight that crowd down on the bottom parking lot. <laughs> I appreciate it. Vinnie Hardy gonna be VIP. I love it. I yeah. love it. And I appreciate and, that. And you always showing love for Harlan County. So exactly. I, I, I tip my hat to you, man. Until uh, you mentioned Daniel Carmichael, we tell Cameron hello. I know he's on your staff. We had yes. Cameron on here a couple of times when he was back at Eastern. Yes. I think just when he graduated Harlan County and before he was about to head to Eastern. And that was, he was a good ball player too back at his Yes, time. sir. And no doubt brings a lot to the staff. I mean, he just played and, you know, can relate and, you know, a little bit. Not that we're ancient, but he's a little bit younger and can, you know, right. that dynamic to your staff as well. Look, I'm not telling you nothing you don't know. You're, you know, he's you had him on the staff for a reason, so right. like, I'm breaking yeah. it every Saturday news. But he's a, that's a good young fella right there. So, so you know, tell him we said hey when you. I will. Oh, I sure will. Thank yeah. you guys for having me on. I, it's nice to meet both of you. Hey, appreciate you. Sorry about. Missing your text and not getting you on at seven, and, and appreciate you being patient and 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 waiting to to get in, even though we kind of switched you around. That's right. part of me, man. Can't no problem. You. Thank you very much, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you, Coach. Take care. You too. Thank you, Coach. Yes, sir. Good luck the rest of the week. Kyle Jones, coach of the Harlan County Black Bears. Kendrick Haskins, Mark Story, three great guests. Um, another fun show. Real quick, man, what you got for this and Sunday? the Cowboys didn't lose to the Niners. So there you go. <laughs> All those guests you have. Thank you, Slick. Another great another great show. Like, you know, like Coach said, having great players makes his job easier. Having great guests that, that know what they're talking about makes uh, what we do a whole lot easier. So uh, uh, before we get out of here, who you who you got in the Super Bowl? Who, who are you rocking with? I'm, I, can't, I can't pull for the Eagles. I just can't. So I'm hoping – I'm going head and heart, Chiefs. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 27-21, Kansas City, something like that. I think they'll. Mm-hmm. That'll be. Uh, I'm I'm going with the Eagles. Oh, Lord. Sim- simply because uh, now Mahomes. Now would it surprise me if Mahomes pulls out a performance? Yeah. Because what does my hat say? And you remember a couple Super Bowls ago, mm. I know what that dude can do on the big stage. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm saying that because the Eagles play the way my Niners play, which is different than just about every other team in the league. We're going to punch you in the face for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Can you take being punched in the face for 60 minutes? And so I, I'll tip my hat. Although Letting Eagles fans get two, that may be the sign of the apocalypse. That may be the rapture may be upon us if the Eagles get two. That's, that may that may be something. Out <laughs> of that, man. And they're 60 minutes away from it happening. Oh, but, but if Mahomes pulls it out, I don't know how you rank it him, but woo. He's only 27. What? What three all pros, probably two MVPs, two mm-hmm. Super Bowl championships, mm-hmm. and like five straight conference championship home games. Yeah. I mean, yeah. woo. Andy yeah. Reed, Andy Reed can't go out to the team they used to coach. Andy Reed. That's what there you go. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Another fun show. Uh, hope the cats get it back together at Georgia, which they they, they better not go in there half-stepping because they could, they could slip up. So, I mean, Georgia ain't great, but when you struggling, <laughs> you can make teams be better than they are. If you, That's right. Especially, on the, That's especially right. on the road. Especially on the road. Yeah, they got to they gotta bring it. So, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Arkansas is the watershed moment, but we'll see. I thought South Carolina was, too. We felt good, but We'll see. We'll give it. We'll give it a go. Yeah, and we'll be back. Well, we'll we we'll have to see what the scheduling is. We got a bunch of Wednesday games coming up. TB, so we have to see how we can. We'll nav- figure it out. We'll figure it out. Navigate that. So gotta give the people a little something. Little yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> Y'all stay tuned for these next next three weeks. We got games. So, for man Terry TB Brown and his Niners bargain. Uh we'll see y'all next week. Be safe when y'all come to Louisville. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely, I will uh, attempt to play our music on the way out and not mess it up like I did on the way in. For TV, this is Vinny. Appreciate y'all listening. See y'all next week on Cats Talk Wednesday. It's wrong. Look, I messed up again. Here we go.